The following is a special sports presentation of UltimateSportsTalk.com. Timer around the right side to the 25 and the 30, 35, 40. He's got a lane and he's going to go. UltimateSportsTalk.com now presents Roger Bacon Spartans High School Football. This game is being brought to you by Ed Nolan McLeod, attorneys at 513-381-7333. The Substation 2 in Florence, 859-371-9190. Jason Regelsberger, State Farm Insurance at 513-574-8811. The Lucky Turtle, Frank Cedar, Roger Bacon grad. T-Spot, window 10 and audio, call 513-829-2530. Pioneer Auto Service with Matt Ballmer at 513-851-5131. Borkman Athletics at 513-844-1420. Sunday's Pub, located at 8582 Winston Road. Transform You Fitness, call 513-645-3294. Eric Geiger State Farm Insurance at 513-574-0321. Jake Sweeney Automotive, Ascent Safety Solutions, Game On Sports Bar, located at 5880 Cheviot Road, RJL Insurance, call 513-322-5637, Stacy Heating and Air, call Jim at 513-202-0407, and Vonderhart Catering, 513-554-1969. Now let's go to the field for this Roger Bacon Spartans high school football game. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Western Hills High School. I'm Dave Mitchell. Glad to have you along tonight on Ultimate Sports Talk as we have got high school football for you here this evening from Cincinnati where Roger Bacon will be on the Road for the first time this season as they will be taking on the Western Hill Mustangs. So glad to have you along here this evening. Rob Rickenbaugh with us. And Rob, after last week's dominating performance by the Spartans, a 54-7 win over Reading, they're looking to continue that here tonight. Yep, uh, we've won, I think, the past five against this Western Hills team. Uh, Western Hills always has great athletes, uh, always good players. Had a tough week last week against Middletown, but uh, certainly they're looking to bounce back, and they have the, the horses to do it. Not going to be an easy game for Roger Bacon tonight. Bacon comes in with that 1-0 record. Last year they were 4-6 and overall, 2-5 and in the GCL Central. Meanwhile, Western Hills, the Mustangs, lost last week 42 to nothing to Middletown Christian. They are 0-1 on the season. Last year they were 3-7, and 2-4 and in the Cincinnati Hills League. Well, with that 54 to 7 win, of course, all you had to do was look at number 22 as you normally have to if you're a Spartans fan, and that was because Corey Kiner scored six times, five touchdown runs, and one TD reception, and he added 235 yards on the ground. Last year, Kiner made mincemeat of this Mustangs defense, running for 302 yards. You were here at that game, Robin. It was all in the first half. Uh, yeah, almost exclusively in the first half. Five touchdowns as well. Uh, that was Corey's second game at Roger Bacon and uh, kind of his coming out party after a lackluster performance against Reading and his, his first game as a true freshman. Uh, but last week, I think the story, and, you know, last year we talked about Tyler Bullock getting into trouble on third and long situations. And one of the things that changed last week was Bullock being more comfortable, making more plays, 
Kiner then having a little bit more room to kind of have his way with Redding again. Most of his damage last week coming in that first half. And let's talk about the emergence of Luke Bird at that receiver position. He had two big receptions, one for a touchdown last week, and he really came through in the receiver the receiver spot. He did. He's kind of the forgotten man. You know, Mike had said. Coach Mike Blatt, one of the things that this team had as far as depth goes was a lot of wide receivers between uh, Kuhlman and, and Edmondson and Bird and Tomlin and James Thompson. Uh, so he kind of snuck out there on a few of those plays. All of the attention, again, you got nine guys in the box usually to stop Corey Kiner. Uh, when they spread you out and they roll Bullock to one side, usually good things happen. And last week for Bird, it was two long plays. Yeah, and that was that's the tough thing about trying to defense against this Spartans team. They've got the receivers. All of them can catch the football. You've got to give them man-to-man coverage pretty much all over the field. And then you've got Kiner, and if you can't get seven or eight men in the box against the spread offense that the Spartans have, you're going to have a handful with Kiner. Yeah, I I think one of the things that happened last year was with Tyler Bullock being a sophomore quarterback, new starter, is Mike tried to help him a lot by handing to Corey Kiner on first down. And when you got nine guys in the box and they're ganging up on him, sometimes it would immediately put uh, Tyler in a bad situation. Not that Corey didn't make plays. Uh, last week, I, I thought what Mike did was show a lot of diversity on offense. He let Tyler throw a little bit on uh, first down. He was running some sweeps to Edmondson to kind of open things up down the middle. Uh, Corey had a lot more room. And, again, Bullock looked much more comfortable. A year under his belt of taking lumps, you can do a lot more with the junior quarterback. You know, what's interesting is last year the Spartans won their first two ball games against Reading and Western Hills, and then they fell off the deep end. One thing that they're going to have to do when they go to Huron next week, which you can hear the game here on Ultimate Sports Talk next week also, they're going to have to get over that two games and, and go into a rut. They're going to have to go up there to Huron next week, a long, long bus ride, and get off the bus ready to hit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I think the one thing that stands out about this team, and we'll hear some more from, from Coach Sentman here shortly, is that this is a different team physically. They've matured last year. The problem was they were mostly freshmen and sophomores, a couple juniors, very few seniors. Uh, they came out hot against those first two games, and then when they got into the meat of that GCL schedule, uh, had some trouble in a, a good Indian Hill team that, that gave them a lot of problems. This is a different team physically and maturity-wise. Uh, seem a little bit more prepared. Last week they looked like a different football team from what we saw last year. I think they're a little bit better prepared to continue to take steps as the season goes. And, you know, as much as the offense was dominating last week at scoring 54 points, the most they've scored in two years since Finneytown, you've got to look at the defense and say, hey, these guys played a heck of a ball game last week also. Yeah, that was the difference. You know, last year we put points on the board. The problem is we gave up more than we scored. Mm-hmm. I think we were giving up teams on average about 30 points a game, and, you know, that includes some low-scoring games, you know, like the Western Hills game that we spoke about. So what I thought they did better than anything, and, you know, we'll talk to Coach Sheehan a little bit, is really shored up the scheme, uh, really worked on fundamentals and discipline with these kids. Of course, a lot of them, you know, like a James Thompson is 35 pounds heavier than he was last year. That certainly helps. Uh, but their problem last year was just fundamentals and tackling and scheme to some degree. 
they've corrected that a lot with Sheehan, but also we got better athletes this year. Well, Sheehan, the new defensive coordinator, and the captains, as Rob mentioned, James Thompson and Stan Hart led the defense that shut down the Blue Devils' offense last week. They're looking to do the same thing tonight. Rob spoke with Thompson earlier this week about the Spartans' newfound defense. First thing that stands out, James, is certainly your physical transformation and what Solomon Tentman has done for you. Uh, one of the things that stood out certainly Friday night was how athletic and strong and physical you guys were. Oh, um, this transformation was like really tough. Like every single day from December 4th to now, it's been nonstop with uh, with and late running. You know, eating a lot of food, <laughs> a lot of food. Uh, like this past couple of months, I gained like 30 pounds, and then I lost some pounds, and I gained pounds back from it. Like this whole entire offseason been uh, staying up for me, and like I think like if keep going processing this. Grind through the offseason, it's going to be even more better. Any times this summer where there was doubt, I mean, you, now you're a Division One recruit, uh, have colleges coming to look at you, uh, certainly the, the sky is the limit for you. Any time where you had doubt, now you look back and say, hey, that was worth it. Yes, a lot of times, yes. All that hard work we did, like all the abs we went through, all the times that I feel like garbage, like, so now I feel like it paid off a whole lot, and like, I'm like a lot more confident. It's been a long time since Roger Bacon went out and put a thumping on somebody like they did. Uh, Friday night, uh, certainly with the authority that we did. We, we've had big wins, but maybe it was a house of cards. You guys looked like you were for real on Friday night. How do you kind of keep attitudes and, you know, maybe being overconfident in check as you prepare for West High, which is going to be, as we know, an athletic and fast team? Uh, just, just, just be physical. That's all I gotta say. Just be physical. Like, like from last Friday, all in one mindset we have to be physical. Just beat the other team. Just play you. You know, just go through the through the whistle. Go fall through. That's all you have to do. And Rob, they were extremely physical last week against Reading. They were. They were coming up and, and putting hits on some kids. Uh, that arm tackling and reaching out that we saw a year ago seemed to be gone. Uh, even defensive backs like Ryan Blount were were coming up and really putting the mix on some kids. Uh, that sets the tone, right? And then you had some transfers, Freddie Greer, Brandon Tumlin, bringing a little attitude from some of those other schools, uh, a different defense. Well, Stan Hart is another returnee from last year's Roger Bacon squad. He's the man in the middle to make sure everyone is set for the upcoming offensive play. Rob had an opportunity to speak with him about this past summer's prep to be ready for this season. You guys look more physical, more athletic, stronger, and certainly the tackling and assignments look like they were much improved. Uh, tell me about the differences uh, that maybe Coach Sheehan, Coach Kathman brought to this defense. Uh, well, they've brought a whole new thinking to our defense. They've showed us better ways to tackle, getting our heads out of the tackles, which is a huge part of it. Um, they We have a lot more coverages. Like last year, we only ran a couple different plays maybe. We didn't have that many stunts or anything. This year we have so many different stunts and different ways to cover things. And I think a big part of it is our physicality, which came from the uh, the weight room this offseason, and the conditioning, which is a huge part of it. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember being around here when you were a freshman, uh, certainly much smaller-looking <laughs> individual than you are now. Uh, uh, tell me about uh, working with Coach Tentman all summer. Uh, not only does he make you want to push harder in the weight room, he's just – he changed the whole way I think personally. Like, I think about everything. Like, school, I take a lot more serious now because of him. Uh, I take everything I do with more, like, more knowledge in my head, knowing that I need to do my best at all times so that I can proceed in life and do as best as I can again. And he just, he's been a big help in this weight room and in this school, really. 
and I appreciate it for him every day. That was obviously a big win uh, against Reading, which is is not a, a traditional rival, but certainly something you guys, you know, whether it be because of transfers or whatnot, yeah. have had a little bit of an edge against. <laughs> uh, tell me how you guys are keeping your head, and certainly as one of the captains, as you go in to prepare for West High, uh, not to maybe overlook uh, what's going to be an athletic team. We're going out there, and we have a lunch pail mentality. We're going out there every day to practice, and we're ready to work. We're not taking anybody lightly. We're coming out to the field, and we want to let you know that we're there. Rob, let's look at the other side of the coin tonight. Western Hills comes up 0-1. They lost last week 42 to nothing to Middletown Christian. They're really in the middle of a rebuild under third-year head coach Armand Tatum. Last year... They didn't win a game until week six, and that was against Middletown Christian. That was the first of three wins in a row for the Mustangs before they finished with two straight losses to finish up at three and seven. Their problem over the past few years has been numbers. They just haven't had enough players. Yeah, they, they always have athletes. They don't always have enough of them uh, for one reason or another. Uh, I expect Coach to turn that around. The tide has slowly shifted. Uh, you know, about five, six years ago, they kind of, Gave Bacon a lot of trouble. They had a dip then. They had some personnel changes. Uh, a lot of players, I, I think three or four years ago when it came out here, they had tossed maybe 30 kids uh, from the program. But they always have athletes. They always have speed. They're always a very dangerous team, despite what the record may say. Well, under third-year head coach Armand Tatum, Tatum was 1-9 and nine in his first year and 3-7 and seven one year ago. Meanwhile, Mike Blout, in his fourth year as head coach of the Spartans, he's got 11 wins against 20 defeats. The last time these two teams met was a year ago, Saturday night, September 2nd, and that was at Braun Bezovich Stadium where Bacon came away with a 47-12 to win over Western Hills. The Spartans have won five in a row over the Mustangs, and last year Kiner ran roughshod over them with five touchdowns and 302 yards on 35 carries, a majority of them coming in the first half. Eighteen and a half minutes before the kickoff of tonight's football game between Roger Bacon and Western Hills, Rob and I will be back with more after this. These days, the concept of value matters more than ever. And you'd be hard-pressed to find a better value than high school sports. Extracurricular activities, including sports, make up about 2% of the budget for a typical Ohio high school. In return, participation in sports promotes citizenship and sportsmanship. Sports also instill a sense of community pride and teach lifelong lessons about cooperation and self-discipline. They encourage physical fitness. They produce community leaders. By offering so many benefits to the community for such a small percentage of a school's overall budget, it's easy to see why high school sports are one of the best bargains around. The real cost would come from not having them at all. High school sports, a winning part of a complete education. This message presented by the Ohio High School Athletic Association and the Ohio Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Our next broadcast game here on Ultimate Sports Talk will be tomorrow night at 6 o'clock as Mount St. Joseph will open up the college football season, a very promising one for Tyler Hopperton and the Lions. They'll be taking on Capital, and that will be at Schuler Field on the campus of Mount St. Joseph University. Come on out if you can't listen, can't be there. Listen to it on Ultimate Sports Talk starting at 5 o'clock with Lion Rewind and then 5.30 with the pregame show. 6 o'clock with the kickoff. The Lions entertain Capital tomorrow night. And our next broadcast game for Roger Bacon will be the road trip of the season next week. And that will be when the Spartans head up north 
just west of Cleveland to take on Huron. That game will kick off at 7 o'clock. We'll have the pregame show for you at 6.30, and, of course, Spartan Rewind at 6 o'clock. Last week, the scores, Baden defeated Ross 41-20. to It was Chaminade Julian defeating Pickwup 42-22. Fenwick got by Anna 42-27. Goshen beat McNick 21-7. It was Fairmont edging Alter 12-6. Purcell Marion just got by Cincinnati Summit Country Day 15-14. And Carroll beat Stebbins 49-13. Now, as far as games that are going on tonight, Chaminade will be at Woodward. Talawanda is at Baden. It's Carroll at Beaver Creek. McNicholas goes to Norwood. And Fenwick will be at Belmont. Meanwhile, on Saturday night, Purcell Marion will be at Schroeder. Last week, and of course tonight, Rob and I have talked about the physical play of the Spartans and their win. They attribute that to the work they've put into the weight room over the summer. Solomon Tentman is the strength and conditioning coach for the Spartans, and he spoke with Rob earlier this week about how the kids approached this hard work this summer. And we will have that interview coming up for you here in just a few minutes. We're going to take a time out right now, and we'll be back with that right after this. Next Saturday night, the college football season gets underway on UltimateSportsTalk.com. I'm Dave Mitchell. For the second season, the Mount St. Joseph Lions hit the UST broadband as they host Capital University. The Lions are expecting an exciting season under second-year coach Tyler Hopperton and third-year starting QB Jayden Tomlin. Join Blake Watson and I with the action from Schuler Field next Saturday night, beginning with Lions Rewind at 5, the pregame show at 5.30, and the kickoff at 6. Mount St. Joseph hosts Capital next Saturday night at 5 on UltimateSportsTalk.com. Stay up to date with all your sports information on UltimateSportsTalk.com, Mount St. Joseph University, and Roger Bacon High School Sports. Talk about the Cincinnati Reds and Cleveland Indians on the Ohio Baseball Weekly Show every Monday night at 9 during the baseball season. Minute by minute scores, opinion articles, stories from the pros, college, and high school levels, including the WWE, MMA, and UFC. Increase your workout level and tickets to any sporting event all in one spot. Check out UltimateSportsTalk.com every day for your sports fix. Dave Mitchell, Rob Rickenbaugh back here at Western Hills High School where the Spartans are on the road for the first time here this evening as they will be taking on the Western Hills Mustangs. And they will be without Gunnar Ludwig again tonight. Ludwig has been the starting center for the team. He won the starting center position, but unfortunately he has got a whiplash injury and is unable to play the first couple of games. He'll be out tonight, so Danny Cardavas is moving back into the center position here this evening, and that means the Spartans will have a lot of kids going both ways here tonight. Western Hills last year, they were 3-3 three and three here at home. They're a triple option offensive team running out of the pistol. The key figure is going to be junior fullback Kayvon Britton, who ran for 1,255 yards and 12 touchdowns last season. They've got 12 returning starters, and they use a 4-2-5 defense, similar to what the Spartans ran last year. Three seniors have been starting since they were freshmen. Defensive lineman Reginald Taylor Benton, wide receiver defensive back Devarius Turner, and two-way lineman David Lewis. And a lot of the guys are going to be going both ways, though, as the Mustangs roster is only around 30 in the high school grades. The last time Western Hills won over Roger Bacon was on September the 7th, 2012 at Braun Bezovich Stadium, and that was a 27-12 victory. Their next game will be at North College Hill, and that is coming up on Saturday night 
uh, next week. Meanwhile, they were scoreless last week, but last year they averaged 14.7 points per game, and defensively they gave up 25.3. Roger Bacon, on the other hand, had the win last week. They Last year on the road, they were 1-4 and four under head coach Mike Blout. Those 54 points were the most scored in the GCL co-ed league last week. Carroll was right behind with 49. was also the most that they scored since the opening game of the 2015 season against Finneytown in that 62-12 to win over Finneytown. However, the defense was overshadowed last week. Rob spoke with defensive coordinator Steve Sheehan about the win last week and this year's defense. Coach, before we get into the game and some of the players, I want to go back to a conversation we had a few weeks ago where you kind of enlightened me on why you chose to come back to Roger Bacon to finish out this legendary coaching career, if you wouldn't mind sharing that with our audience. There's a couple of reasons. The first one, this is where I started under Bron Basevich. And over my years with football, I learned that you can control a game with defense. Maybe your offense isn't clicking that night, but your defense should. So when Mike called, it gave me a chance to come back, and that was first. Second, he thought we had a winner. He's been with these kids. He was four and six last year. Said, Steve, this team's a winner. So I came to the weight room, came to some of the conditioning, and he's right. We have size. We have speed. We have athletic ability. So if I've got two years, I'd love to come back to be a winner, and I think that's what we should be. Uh, well, speaking of that, you started off a winner on Friday night. Uh, one of the things that stood out to me, at least, was this team looked much more physical, much more athletic, and much more disciplined. Uh, talk to me about the development of this team from last year over the summer and into that first game. Coach Tetman is the one that's in charge of our conditioning, the weight room. Uh, during the summer, he let them run. He rested them. Hopefully, there's food involved, but high school kids don't eat the proper foods. So anytime you come to a game, if you see our size, our speed, our quickness, uh, Coach Tetman's one responsible for that. Uh, I think one of the things lost uh, with all of the glory of your, your back-to-back state championships was how good that defense was. Uh, any comparisons with some of the athletes? I know Dixon Edwards maybe on this team, uh, but some of the comparisons between those legendary Cape teams and this Roger Bacon defense? The biggest thing about the Cape teams, besides being physical, they were very quick, and I cannot teach quickness. So we have some of those same kids here, I think our size is better and our quickness is getting there. Uh, tackling looked to be uh, one of the things that was much improved from last year. Uh, some of that, I, I think, is mental, and some of that is certainly taught by you coaches. Tell me what adjustments or, or things you might have implemented this summer going into that first game that led to improved tackling. Every week we have four stations, and one of them is the tackling stations. So we have a roll tackle station. He'll see every kid, show him how to roll tackle. Another one is the donut. If you've seen these big rubber donuts, you roll it, they can hit and lift. Another one is open field, and that's critical in high school ball because it's just you and the other person. So uh, Coach Watkins is teaching them to break down his feet before they go ahead and uh, make the hit. Then we can either tackle Big Red, which pops up so you don't have to go grab it again, or that sled. So we've got different areas that we can work on, but every week they're getting those tackling stations. Uh, let me ask you, this is still a young team uh, by class and certainly by experience in some ways. How do you temper 
kind of the attitude after a big win going into a tough West High game to, to make sure that these guys are, are taking the necessary steps to prepare and not overlooking opponents? Well, I talked to you about this before. I think there's three things you must do on defense. Number one, line up right. You can do that against everybody you play, whether they're All-State or the worst offensive player you've ever seen in your life. Number two, run to a football. That just takes an effort. Line up right, run to the football. We're going to make sure they do those two things. Then finally, it's tackling. I mean, that's the basic thing uh, Coach Basevit taught me, but that's a skill. So keep working on those three things. You do those, you got a great shot of winning. Uh, I'm going to move you to the other side of the ball real quick because you happen to have been the coach of who I think was the last great running back here in the city of Cincinnati and Carlos Snow. Uh, we have a guy who's not too bad here at Roger Bacon. Uh, I am curious, any similarities you see between uh, Carlos Snow and Corey Kiner? I haven't watched enough of Corey. Uh, he certainly is uh, a gamer. So anytime he can break a tackle or we open up the hole, he can go the distance. The one comparison I would say is they're both about the same size, about the same speed. I think Corey's a little stronger, uh, but Corey's really worked hard in the weight room. Both Carlos and Corey were good people. And I told Carlos this when he graduated at the banquet. Carlos, you're leaving us now. The coaches still like you. The teachers still like you. But more important, your players do. So he was ready every Friday night. And, of course, Corey is too. You know, the comparisons to Carlos Snow, Rob, are very, very impressive. Yeah, I, I couldn't help but ask that question. Again, Carlos Snow, a legend here in the Cincinnati area. Uh, two great, unbelievable seasons, including a 2,000-yard season, back-to-back state championships, uh, and then went on to a, a great career at Ohio State. Uh, had an injury up there, but certainly uh, had a productive career there with the Buckeyes. Uh, you know, we're lucky to have a coach like Steve Sheehan at this program. And what he said was he wanted to go out a winner in his last two or three seasons as a coach. He had options all over the city, including uh, returning to the job he had. Uh, really vetted a lot of offers that came his way. Mike Blount ended up coming back to him. Of course, uh, he mentored Mike uh, over at Oak Hills many years ago and uh, kind of showed him the roads of being a head coach. Uh, so when Mike kind of reviewed the roster, Coach Sheehan had a chance to look at some film and look at some players and see what we had coming back. Uh, he was very, very active in saying, yep, uh, I want to be at Roger Bacon. I started my career there. I want to finish there. Uh, I started a winner with Basevich. I'm going to finish a winner with Blout. And what we talked about earlier about Solomon Tentman really putting the players through the paces during the summer. Well, now we've got that interview. Rob had an opportunity to talk with Solomon earlier this week. First off, it's a real credit to them. I can't take too much credit. They've really been head after it since December 4th. Uh, that's when we started, uh, buying into what I was selling, what I was selling them and then just like running with it. Um, just being able to change things, how we done mobility wise flexibility wise agility strength all this stuff just reprogramming and then just trying to build a different gear in the program the kids have bought into it they've seen that what is going on is like it works if you go across the board especially with a lot of our juniors and seniors there's guys 15 20 30 40 pounds heavier just because the fact that they bought in they listened to what i was telling them and they just they just ran with uh you were a d1 athlete played here yeah um what do you see and these kids, uh, there's a lot of buzz about Roger Bacon. Certainly there's the kids like Kiner and Bullock and Kuhlman and some of those guys who are, who are getting a lot of the attention. But there's a lot of other kids on here who I think have college potential. 
Uh, tell me about some of those kids and what you see and, and how that bodes for this team going into the season. Oh man, there's there's a there's a boat ton. I mean, just for these this senior class right now, we have three guys. Um, you got Coolman, who's got Navy, and then he's probably going to pull in a few more after the season comes on. Comes on. We got Corey, obviously, and we got Dylan, um, who's a specimen in his own right. Yeah. Then you got kids like James Thompson, who's probably pound for pound the hardest worker on the team. He was a kid that went from about 6'3", 190 at the end of last season, to being 6'4", 230 pounds. And that's just, again, following the process of everything. And by I fully expect someone like him to completely, like, just blow up in the recruiting process because he, he does what he's supposed to do in the school, uh, schoolwork, on the field, off the field, weight room, eats right, does all the things uh, necessary to be able to win, put, him, put himself in a position to win. Um, another guy who's been really, really working hard is Zach Capel, who's a multi-sport athlete, um, is a real credit to him, him being in baseball. He still was lifting, uh, and his, he's what, about 6'3, six, 6'2, six, I should say 6'2, probably 210 pounds. But last year he ended about 190, so he's put on about 20 pounds and it's all been muscle and it's, what is the squat? And I think about 435, 445, benching probably 275 and his numbers weren't even close to that last year. So it's just been a real credit to him to be able to maintain the process of growth while also competing in multiple sports. And it goes to show you that for those people out there that kind of think you should specialize in one sport, um, to kind of debunkify that type of thing. Because when you do lift properly and you do compete properly, um, it, it translates to all of your sports, not just football, not just baseball or basketball or anything like that. So, um, I mean, I, I could go through down the line. There's a lot of kids have just been, like, really impressing me. Uh through their work ethic and through their times, obviously, uh, when we did our timing back in, was it May? Um, but it's just, the whole team has just been really like a joy to be around. It makes, it makes it easy to come in here to uh, just do this stuff because they, they show up, they're ready to work and they're, whatever you put in front of their face, they just do. So it's been really awesome. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited for what the fruit of it's going to hold throughout the season as we, uh, hopefully wear teams down more than we have in the past and then onward past this year, playoffs and all that stuff into the future. Well, you can tell he's excited about the season, Rob. Yeah, uh, if you, for my money right now, Coach Tentman is the MVP of this Roger Bacon football team. Uh, like I said, Division One athlete, played football at the University of Cincinnati. Uh, he is a great mentor to these kids uh, from getting it done in the classroom like he did. Uh, you know, he's looking at going on to, to get his master's. Uh, High-level guy, gets it done in the weight room. As you can see, he's, you know, a specimen physically himself. Oh yeah. Uh, but really connects with these kids in a way that, uh, some of these coaches don't, uh, and has really, you know, kind of been a big brother to these kids and brought this team along. And then of course, the results on the field have spoke for themselves. He has really pushed these kids. It looks, looks like a football team. If I had the physique of Solomon Tentman, I don't think I'd ever wear a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> probably be out on the town tonight instead of uh, sitting in a booth, uh, talking about football. Well, Talking about sitting in a booth, it is a warm and muggy evening here in Cincinnati at Western Hills High School. There's virtually no breeze whatsoever here tonight, and both these teams are getting ready to get this one underway. Roger Bacon won the opening coin toss, but they deferred to the second half, so they will start out on defense here this afternoon. Uh, and I, I need to give a couple shout-outs before we get the kickoff here. Uh, Mel Anthony and Harry Tolliver, two legends. Uh, and Milt Stiegel, uh, all of which had 
text Mike Blount before the game. Mike wanted to give a shout-out to them. He appreciates the support, as well as Amir Muhammad. Uh, and, of course, uh, we talked about our Irish kicking off tomorrow. My son, Brady Quinn, listening at home. Uh, my daughter, Ellie, and my, my son, Jake, uh, go Irish. Yeah. Okay. And my wife, Carrie. Probably. You know, that that's a game right there where I would almost wish it would continue just to continue and continue and continue. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We'll just leave it at that. Our next broadcast game coming up tomorrow night, of course, from Schuler Field. Mount St. Joe will be entertaining Capital. We'll be on the air at 6 o'clock with the kickoff on that one. Defensively, Roger Bacon will start out on the field. Western Hills will be receiving the opening kickoff of tonight's game. Roger Bacon in their all-white uniforms with brown numerals and white helmets. Western Hills in their all-gray uniforms with... Dark maroon numerals outlined in white and maroon helmets. Roger Bacon will be kicking off from right to left across your computer screen here tonight. Luke Bird will tee it up and get set to kick it off. And back to return for the Mustangs is going to be Devarius Turner and Kayvon Britton, a senior and a junior. Great crowd here tonight at Western Hills. People making the trek. I don't think we'll have this many people from Roger Bacon next week at Huron. We may. I know there's a big group of people going up. Uh, a lot of parents, a lot of fans, but a win tonight certainly keeps that momentum going. Oh, yeah. We might have a big crowd up there on the lake uh, Bird, for the Spartans. Bird's going to squib it up the right-hand side. It'll be taken in by one of the upbacks, exactly what he did last week to such specificity specifically, and it'll be taken in by Walnut. I knew I was going to do that. Western Hills at the 31-yard line in their own territory. Yeah, no surprise. Bird trying to keep that ball away from athletes, much like last week. Uh, put that ball back there on the ground and, and let the defense come out and go to work. Stands just on one side here, right behind the Roger Bacon bench. The quarterback is Rakaven Adams. He is a 5'11", 160-pound senior. He's dropping back out of the pistol. He's going to throw it deep under a heavy rush. He's got a receiver. It is complete at the 30 into Roger Bacon territory and run out of bounds at the 25-yard line. That's Mitchell Witten. Witten, a freshman, a 5'6 freshman, catching that pass and taking it in. At about the 25, they're going to mark him out of bounds at the 24 in Roger Bacon territory. Yeah, caught Bacon off guard with a play they weren't expecting and made a great throw uh, to the outside. So it's first and 10 from the 24 of Roger Bacon. Receivers split out wide on both sides. Ball on the far hash mark. The quarterback, McKamey Adams, pitches it out. And it goes to Britton. Britton around the right end. He can't find anything, and he's going to be hit Ryan behind Blount. the line by Ryan Blout. Back around the 29-yard line for a loss of four. Yeah, and I, I thought the end there lost containment again. You know, one of the sins of the Bacon team last year was losing containment on the edge. Uh, he probably has him in the backfield five or six yards. If, if he makes that turn right, instead he back gets outside Ryan Blout out there, though, to clean it up. So Kayvon Britton loses five on the play. Jacoby Scott goes out wide to the left-hand side. Wide right is Uriel Denson. Trips to the near side. Ball on the near hash mark. Quarterback Rakavian Adams out of the pistol. Handoff goes right up the middle to Britton. Britton's going to take it inside the 25. Down to the 23-yard line for a gain of about three on the play. 
Give him about two. And it will bring up third down and nine. And this is where our safeties are going to be challenged. Last week against Middletown Christian, uh, the quarterback preferring to go down the middle into the seams of the defense. That's kind of his comfort zone. Going to put a lot of pressure on Ryan Blount and the gang back there. So a big play defensively for the Spartans. Third down, call it a long eight yards to go. Receivers out wide on both sides. Britton behind Adams. Adams drops straight back. He's going to run the ball right up the middle. He dodges a tackler, cuts it to the outside, and then he's cut down on the play on a nice defensive effort by the Spartans. Rennell Lackey brought down at about the 18-yard line, gain of five, and it'll be third down and four. Yep, Rennell no, just... No, check that fourth down, down and four. They were going to go for it. yard marker. And I'd watch the quarterback keeper again here. First carry of the night for the quarterback Adams, Adams out of the pistol puts a man in motion oh, false start. and a false start is going to be called let's see, it's going to be against Western Hills they moved a man in motion to Various Turner from the left to the near side and he jumped in the air and I think that confused the offensive line And it actually looked like a good play call but you're right You know, discipline being one of the things that Keeley's heel for this West High team traditionally and there being an example of a penalty that now takes you back five more yards and puts you in the hole. So that takes it all the way back to the 23-yard line, fourth down, call it almost 10 yards to go. Adams with Britton right behind him in the pistol. He trips out to the wide side, the near side. Dropping back Adams. He's going to throw it into the end zone. Incomplete. Overthrew the intended receiver, Uriel Denson. And the Spartans will hold the Mustangs on downs. 9-11 to go in the first quarter. And we've got no score. Do you hate that feeling when you get in your car and the sun hits you directly in the eyes? Call T-Spot Window Tinting and Audio at 4671 Industry Drive in Fairfield. And if your audio system makes you feel sad and grumpy, T-Spot can set you up nicely with a new system that puts you in the middle of the music. Call 513-829-2530. T-Spot Window Tinting and Audio has a vast depth of knowledge and provides genuine, reasonable, meticulous work. Let us help. T-Spot Window Tinting and Audio at 4671 Industry Drive in Fairfield. Call 513-829-2530. Tyler Bullock leads the Spartans offense. Handoff straight up the middle to Kiner. Kiner from the 18 or the 23-yard line takes it out to the 25-yard line for a gain of about two on the play, second and eight. Yep, and uh, no surprise, West High loading the box tonight after what happened in the first half last year. Uh, I'm probably going back to watch that film. Uh, Roger Bacon going to have to get creative tonight on offense uh, against this West High team. Coolman out wide to the left. Bird is wide to the right. Bullock with Kiner to the right of him. Hand off to Kiner again off the left-hand side. Cuts it to the 30, 35-40, and he's tripped up at the 40 and brought down at the 43-yard line. And if Zach Coolman... 18-yard gain. Zach Coolman holds that block, and Corey breaks it outside. I think he goes at least another 30, if not to the house. Ball just resting outside the 40-yard line. Near the 41. Sec- first down for the Spartans. First down for... Moving in motion to the far side is Tumlin. Now he lines up in the slot. Two receivers out wide to the near side. Bullock bobbles the snap. Broken play. He's going to cut it to the right-hand side. Makes something out of nothing. And brings it out to the 45-yard line for a gain of four. Same problem we saw last week on probably ten occasions where uh, that snap comes in a little bit low. Hits the ground. Bullock's had to take his eyes off the defense and scramble to pick that ball up. 
broken play there. He at least makes a positive out of it, but we got to clean that up if we're going to have any success tonight. Well, and that's where you lose Gunnar Ludwig because yep. Cardenas is actually your left guard. Exactly. Bullock hands it off, and he's going to keep it off the fake hand off to Kiner. Cuts it to midfield. Stumbles his way into Western Hills territory inside the 45 and down to the 42-yard line. Going to be a 13-yard gain on the play. And again, uh, you know, more props to Solomon Tentman, who took a, a kid who was a big kid coming in as a freshman, big arm, not the a good athlete, but not a great athlete, and has turned him into a real physical running quarterback with a big arm. Kiner to the left of Bullock. Bullock out of the pistol, fake handoff, drops straight back, looking deep. Now he's going to cut the ball up the middle. He's got to tuck the football away. He's going to be dropped at the 41-yard line. Gain of a yard on the play, but he was handling that football with his left hand like it was a a piece of bread, and yeah. he's got to tuck that thing away. They do. They knock that out. They'll take it to the house. But, you know, that was a, a, a coverage sack, although he, he made a positive gain out of it. Uh, you know, just great coverage. Good athletes on the outside. Uh, Kuhlman, Tumlin, Edmondson have their, their hands full getting open tonight. 6.55 left to go in this first quarter. Ball resting at the 41 of the Mustangs. Second down. Call it nine yards to go. Hand off to Kiner. Skips a step inside the 40 to the 35 and the 30. 25. He's going to be tripped up and down at the 20. About a 21-yard gain for Corey Kiner and a first down for the Spartans. And really what, what Bullock looking to pass on, on both the play that he bobbled the snap and the, the play that was kind of broken there before is the defense had to think about the pass and that opened things up in the middle for Corey. First down, 10 yards to go for the Spartans at the Mustangs 20 yard line. Six and a half remaining in this first quarter. Bullock with Kiner to the left. Ball right in the center of the field. Receivers out wide on both sides. Bullock looks to the left. It's complete to Coleman. Coleman at the 15. Breaks a tackle inside the 10. And he'll be run out of bounds at the 9. Another first down for the Spartans inside the 10 of the Mustangs. Smart play. Get the ball into Coleman's hands. Another playmaker. And again, make the defense think about now paying more attention to those receivers. Maybe moving a safety out into that space. Take a little pressure off Kiner. Zuri Edmondson into the ball game now. He's slot left. Tumlin, slot right. Bird out wide right. Kuhlman wide left. Kiner to the left of Bullock. Ball on the near hash mark. Bullock, hand off to Kiner around the right-hand side. He's going to be hit around the collar and then is drugged down. They're probably going to mark his forward progress at about the 10, which would mean a loss of about a yard. Yep. And that's what they'll do. First and goal from inside the 10. Uh, you know, the, the story's written on Roger Bacon, which is the ball's going to go in Corey Conner's hands. Western Hill's ready for that play. So the ball over on the far hash mark now. They're going to spot him just outside the 10. Well, now they've got him down at the 11. So it's second down, goal to go for the Spartans from the Mustangs 11-yard line. Trips to the near side. Bullock, hand off to Kiner, right up the middle, puts his head down inside the 10, struggles to the 5. There's about 5 or 6 Mustang tacklers trying to bring him down, and they finally will at the 5-yard line after a gain of 6. Good play call. Uh, Western Hills expecting the pass there. Uh, be interesting to see what they do. Third and goal from the 6. Uh, if you roll Bullock, maybe try to make a play to, to Kuhlman. Well, Bird comes out. So that's going to put Tumlin over on the right-hand side along with Zuri Edmondson. Ball on the far hash mark. Single receiver out wide left is Coleman. 4.40 left to go. Third and goal from the five. Bullock 
Handoff to Kiner. Breaks a tackle inside the five. He's going to be tackled at about the three. And actually the Mustangs have just got picked him up and they're just holding him there. So a gain of two on the play for Kiner. It will bring up fourth down. And it's going to be goal to go from about the three-yard line. Looks like Coach Blout going to be uh, okay going for it here uh, from the four. Well, the way the defense has played this year, you can't blame him. 4.08 and running left to go in this first quarter. I know your ball centered there. I don't know if I let Bird not take a shot from a, basically an extra point. but Receivers out wide on both sides. Hand off to Kiner right up the middle. Runs into a wall. Breaks away from it. Cuts to the left. He's going to dive for the touchdown. Got it into the end zone for the score. Kiner, boy, did he make something out of nothing on fourth and goal from the three. Touchdown for Kiner, his sixth of the year. And with 3.51 left to go in this first quarter, it's now 6 nothing Spartans. Yep, great run. Uh, nothing on the inside, bounced it out. Nobody really able to get out there to the edge to uh, pursue him enough and keep him from the pylon. Bird will come in to attempt the extra point. Ryan Blout is the holder. Jake Mumpert is the long snapper. Good snap. Blout gets it down. Kick is up. And it is good. 3.51 left to go in the first quarter. Your score, Roger Bacon, 7, Western Hills, nothing. Spartan fans, do you need legal help? Someone you can trust with years of experience? Don't wait any longer. Pick up the phone and call Ed Nolan McLeod. With 35 years of collection law experience in both Ohio and Kentucky, Nolan McLeod have handled all types of collection matters, including consumer, retail, and commercial claims. If you need help with your past due accounts, utilize a local attorney with the ability to collect your money. Then call Noah McLeod at 513-381-7333. Put the odds in your favor. Noah McLeod, a strong supporter of Roger Bacon Athletics. Great food and a fun atmosphere. Join your old friends and new at Sunday's Pub on 8582 Winton Road in Finneytown. The month of October marks the 10th anniversary for Sundays, and they're celebrating. On Mondays is server night. All domestic beers are $1.50. Stop in on Fridays before the game starting at 4 for free appetizers. And when the Bengals are on the road, join Sundays for a Bengals potluck party. See the Bengals on the big screens at Sundays. Your taste buds will water when you walk into Sunday's Pub. Sunday's Pub, 8582 Winston Road in Finneytown. Bird will kick it off, and again, he squibs it up the right-hand side, and it will be downed by Noah Denton, one of the upbacks, right at about that 31-yard line again, Rob. Yeah, they're going to keep the ball out of athletes' hands. It looks like that, you know, one or two yards more inside, that might have been Roger Bacon football, the way he bobbled it. But uh, Bird content, Mike Plow content to keep the ball away from the athletes, let the defense take the field and set up. Well, Corey Kiner's well on his way to that goal of 30 touchdowns this year. Seven touchdowns uh, on the season so far. Uh, most of the records in this school are going to be in jeopardy by that kid at some point. Jerry Smith comes out wide to the right now for Western Hills as they take it over first and ten from their own 31. They move a man in motion to the near side. Hand off to Britton right up the middle, and he takes it out to the 35-yard line for a gain of four. Yeah, and similar to the play they jumped off sides, they're, they're bringing that receiver around who's one of their uh, speed athletes. Probably setting up a reverse at some point. Roger Bacon will have to make sure they maintain assignment so they don't get burned for a long play. 3.29 left to go in the first quarter. Bacon on top of it, 7 to nothing. Nose of the football right at the 35-yard line. Western Hill is one of the few teams that you're going to see huddle up. 
this season. They send trips out to the near side. Ball in the far hash mark, obviously. Adams, he's going to take the snap, fake handoff. He's going to run it right up the middle, and he takes it across the 35 to the 36-yard line for a gain of a yard. Brings up third down and call it five. Yep, and it looked like Noah Miller in there. As Coach Sheehan talked about, one thing you can always do is line up correctly uh, and maintain your assignment, and they, they were in place that time, didn't chase, kind of maintained their space, uh, were there to make the play. Fast-moving first quarter, 2.40 remaining in it. 7 nothing. Spartans lead it. Coming out wide to the left-hand side, Uriel Denson, the senior, 6'2", 185 pounds. Adams will take the snap. And he gives it to on the jet around the right-hand yeah. side to Darius Turner. Turner cuts it back inside. He'll take it across the 40, and he'll be downed at the 41. He's near a first down, and, boy, I'm not sure why the yard mark, the, the yard marker holders were moving it for a first down, but he's a good yard and a half shy of it. Well, we talked about that jet sweep coming around, and Stan Hart, uh, the senior with a, a small mental lapse on assignment. If he holds that edge, that's a 10-yard loss. Instead, he turns it into an 8-yard gain. So 8 yards on the carry, but it still brings up 4th down and a yard and a half. Looks like we'll get the punt. Looks like Corey Kiner and Zach Kuhlman back to, to Hol- receive it. Holston is going to punt it away. He's no, going to keep, keep it, it himself. He's going to be hit behind the line, and I don't think he got it. He's going to be brought down at, right at about at the line of scrimmage on a great stay-at-home play by the Spartans' Nate Stark. We saw them get burned by that last year on a couple occasions. Uh, they stay home this time. Again, maintain discipline. The thought of the fake end up losing a yard on a great play by Nate Stark. They're going to stop him right at the 40-yard line, and that's where the Spartans will take the football over first and 10 from Western Hills' 40-yard line. Spartans come out with a 7-0 lead. Bird goes out wide to the right-hand side. Lackey, slot right. Zuri Edmondson out there with him on the trips. Bullock looks to his right, now runs to his left behind Kiner inside the 40, and he'll be brought down at the 36-yard line after a gain of four. He's got four carries tonight unofficially for 22 yards. Kiner tonight, seven carries for 51. Yeah, and again... Speed athletes for Western Hills penetrating that offensive line a little bit. Uh, not a whole lot of time to throw it. Made the right decision to, to tuck it and go without thinking too hard. Last year he sits for the sack. More decisive decision. One minute and running. Under a minute now. Left to go in the first quarter. Bullock hands off to Kiner off the left side inside the 35. Down inside the 30. And brought down at the 27. It's going to be a gain of nine and a first down for the Spartans on Kiner's nine-yard run. And again, small crease there. Great job on offensive lineman on the outside. Tebby over there, uh, Daniel Cardavellis, uh, broke that just enough for him, him to pick up the first down. 43 seconds and running left to go in the first quarter. Spartans with the lead in the football. First and 10 from the 27. Throw out into the flank complete to Edmondson. Edmondson at the 25, brought down at the 22-yard line and run out of bounds there. They'll say he was brought down inside the out-of-bounds marker, so the clock will continue to run. It's going to be a gain of about, well, let's see, about five yards on the reception. But a good play. Again, those plays take pressure off Corey Kiner and force that defense to kind of spread out and think about those receivers 
making those the bubble screens and little small outs. Five seconds to go. I don't think the Spartans are care about running another play. Well, they're going to be set. They're going to get it off with a second to go. Bullock keeps it on the option. He's going to cut it inside the 20, and he's going to be brought down at the 16-yard line. First down. Gain of six, another first down, and that's the end of the first quarter of play. When we come back, the Spartans live at first and 10 from the 16-yard line of Western Hills. Your score at the end of one. It's now Roger Bacon, seven. Western Hills, nothing. Hot before this evening's ball game. First of all, it's been. Substation 2 has been bringing Florence the freshest food at the lowest prices since 1981. You've tried the rest, now come taste the best fresh sliced sub sandwiches anywhere. Substation 2 was voted the best sub sandwich in Northern Kentucky by Northern Kentucky Magazine in 2016. Let Substation 2 cater your next event. Give them a call at 859-371-9490 or come visit them at 7905 Dream Street in Florence. Substation 2, quality at a price you can afford. At Jake's Windy Chevrolet, our deals are hot, hot, hot. Find new roads with Equinox and save over $5,000. With our zero-deductible lifetime mechanical protection, we're leading the way. At Jake's Windy Chevrolet. Hi, this is Tim with Stacy Heating and Air Solutions. We know how important heating and cooling your home can be to you. Here at Stacy Heating and Air, we aim to please at a price that can't be beat. Being a locally owned and operated company, we have gained a reputation because of the satisfaction of our customers. Don't pay high prices for mediocre service when you will get the best with us for less. Call me today at 513-367-HEAT or visit us on the web at stacyheatingandair.com. That's stacyheatingandair.com. Well, as we come back here to Western Hills, bacon on top of it, 7 to nothing. They're going from left to right across your screen. With it is Bullock after the snap. He's going to be hit. Drop the football. Ball loose. Ball still loose. A lot of scrambling for it. And let's see who ended up getting it. I think Roger Bacon ended up back on top of the football. You called it, though. You know, Bullock has not had great ball protection on those broken plays. Uh, eventually, it was going to come loose, and like you said, it did. Nolan Tebby is the one that jumped on top of it. But it's a loss all the way back to the... 27-yard line, so a loss of 11, and it brings up second down, and about 20 yards to go. This is where I run Bird on a post right there, and the, the middle's wide open. Now the side judge, by the way, our officials for tonight's game, the referee is Mark Allen, and the rest of your referees are Eric Tierce, John Corey, Walter Starks, and Paul Maffey. Now they've got whatever was... A miss, straightened out. Bullock, out of the pistol, drops straight back. Looks over the middle. He's going to throw it over the middle. He's got Coleman, but overthrowing by a couple of yards incomplete. Yeah, Western Hills with pressure again. Just enough to kind of make him uncomfortable. Had to reset his feet. He's off on that throw to Zach Coleman. So it'll bring up third down and call it 20 yards to go. Ball resting at the 27 of Western Hills. And again, this is Luke Bird territory. He's got about a 15-yard cushion. Bird out wide to the right. Trips out to the right. Lackey in the slot along with Edmondson. Dropping back his bullet. He's going to roll out to the right. Going to throw it up the field. And it is incomplete to Edmondson. Boy, that was close to being pass interference. I thought it was. <laughs> Boy, the defensive back on the play for Western Hills, Noah Denton, got there 
evidently at the same time the ball did. That brings up fourth down and 20. And I'm sure the Spartans will go for it here. Yeah, they could or play the field position game. Uh, probably a, a toss-up to Kuhlman here, though, is, is either get pass interference or Kuhlman comes down with a play. Empty backfield now for the Spartans as Kiner lines up. Wing right, dropping back is Bullock. Bullock looking downfield, looks to his right, looks to the left, throws it into the end zone to Coleman, and it's incomplete. A lot of incidental contact in the end zone, but no call. 11-01 left to go in the first half. Your score, still Roger Bacon 7, Western Hills nothing. Think about your home. What do you see? Do you just see two stories, or the stories of your toddler's first steps? Now think about your car. Do you see an odometer reading or your kids reading in the back seat? Other insurance companies just see a house. They just see a car. But a state farm agent sees what your home and your car really mean to you. So why not give them the protection they deserve? Call your state farm agent, Jason Riegelsberger, at 513-574-8811. Back at Western Hills, 7-0. Adams and the Mustangs take it over first and 10 from their own 27-yard line. Handoff goes... To Britain. Britain cuts it up the right hand side up the far sideline. He's across the 40 to the 45 and run out of bounds at about the 48 yard line for a gain of 21. Well, it'll be interesting to see as this game goes on. Roger Bacon actually looks a little deflated and I don't know if it's because they've had some trouble on offense punching the ball in on that drive or made some mental mistakes or some assignment misses but not quite the energy we saw last week against Reading. Well, now they're going to mark him back out of bounds at about the 41-yard line. They'll say he stepped out of bounds there. So forget the 21-yard gain. It was only a gain of about 11. He's got four carries now for 12 yards in the game. Britain does. Trips out to the near side. Ball on the far hash mark. Adams out of the pistol with Britain right behind him. Handoff goes to Britain right up the middle. He's going to be stacked up at the line of scrimmage and brought down immediately by James Thompson and Noah Miller. And now Thompson, with his head in the turf, gets himself up now, and he's all right. Yeah, and it looks like, you know, Roger Bacon doing some rotating, you know, 90-degree night, trying to keep guys fresh. Uh, maybe one of the advantages they have is a little bit more depth than uh, this West High team. I'm going to ask you a question here after after this play, because it's something the officials around the state of Ohio normally do on a night like this, but for some reason they haven't done it last week or tonight. Second down, nine yards to go. Ball resting at the 42-yard line. Out of the pistol. Hand off to Britton. Britton cuts it off the right tackle. Takes it out to the 45. He's going to be brought down at the 46-yard line. Gain of five. It'll be third down and call it four yards to go. The officials have the discretion to take a timeout at the six-minute mark of each quarter for a water break when the, the weather is this hot and humid. We didn't see it in the first quarter. We didn't see it at all last week. Yeah. It's interesting, uh, and last week, another fast-paced game, running clock. Uh, this game, though, really a fast clip. I wouldn't be surprised if they did that here in the second quarter on a really hot night. Hotter than last week. Third down, call it a short five yards to go. Nine and a half remaining in this first half. Receivers out wide on both sides. Jet sweep in the slot is Turner. He moves in motion, handoff to Britton, and Britton's going to carry it. Right up the middle, and he's going to be stopped after about a yard game out to the 48-yard line. And again, Roger Bacon able to rotate defensive linemen in and out, kind of keep guys fresh. That time it was uh, Noah Miller who was back in from the offensive side for that play uh, in there on the stop. So it brings up fourth down and three yards to go. 
And it looks like Western Hills will punt the football away. Although we watched them warm up tonight, and the kicking game was not their strength. So I wouldn't mind uh, or wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see another fake. Reginald Taylor Benton is built like a bowling ball. He's going to punt the football away, gets a low line drive kick. It goes over the head of Kiner. Kiner's going to let it bounce at about the 12. Now he'll pick it up. He's going to cut it to the left-hand side, to the 15. He gets a block to the 20, 25, 30, up the left side, and he's run out of bounds at about the 40-yard line, and an official clear over here on the near side throws his flag where there basically is nobody around him. Now, if he threw that flag for whatever reason other than he's lonely over there, I think he, sure. uh, he blocking the back. Boy, he's got excellent si- eyesight. Well, I actually thought he took him down after he was out of bounds, and that was the call. But Well, the official that threw the flag was clear over here on this near sideline, and there wasn't anybody past the far hash mark yeah. for either team. But that's going to mark it back. It will be a block in the back against the Spartans, and that will mark it all the way back to the 29-yard line with 8.24 left to go in the half. 7 nothing Spartans lead it. And again, we need we need to see the offensive line hold protection a little longer, uh, protect the ball. We need to see Bullock make some good decisions. Uh, let's see if we can open this thing up. 8.24 with Kiner to the left of Bullock. Spartans started out, ball at the 29. Bullock's going to keep it himself off the fake handoff to Kiner right up the middle and gets it out to the 30 for a yard gain. And his fifth carry tonight, I think, uh, interesting to see the legs of Bullock uh, being more of a differentiator tonight than the arm. Uh, 23 yards on five carries tonight for Bullock. Eight minutes left to go in this first half. Tyler Bullock moves Tumlin in motion. Hands it off to Tumlin on the jet to the far side across the 30, 35, 40. And he's going to be tripped up and knocked out of bounds after he picks up the first down. And let's see, where are they going to spot him? Right at the 40 is where they're going to say he's out of bounds? Uh, I think right about, did he step out there, I guess? No, no, no. Well, they give him the first down right there about the 41. Yeah, they've got it marked right at the 40. And Tumlin is an X-factor. Didn't get the ball out last week, but... Had that big kickoff return to open the game. He's a fast kid coming in from LaSalle. They need to get the ball in his hands to take some of that pressure off Bullock and Kiner. Trips to the near side. Hand off to Kiner up the middle. He's going to be hit behind the line and drop for a two-yard loss. Because this, this defense has come to tee up on Corey Kiner. Uh, they are all in on getting penetration up the middle and stopping him between the tackles. So the ball now back to the 37-yard line. Loss of three. Brings up second and 13. 7.23 remaining to go in this first half of action. Bullock with Kiner to his right. Ball on the far hash mark. Bacon going from left to right. Fake handoff. Bullock looks to his left. It is complete to Bird. Bird at the 38. Cuts to his left and to his right to the 40. He'll run out of bounds at the 44-yard line. Good job by Luke Bird. That ball was actually tipped at the line of scrimmage, and Bird made an excellent adjustment to catch it. The pressure, a big factor tonight. A lot of penetration for Western Hills. They are keyed up on either getting to Bullock or getting to Kiner up the middle. Uh, I think the edges are open. Got the ball to the outside to Bird, and, and he picks up an important five yards, make it third and short. Noah Miller is out of gas. Mikael Carson is in at the right guard position. 
for the Spartans. And now the side judge sees someone's mouth guard. And that's Denton. Lost his mouth guard, but he goes back and picks it up. So now he's got it back in his mouth. And Bullock on third down five. A lot of movement on the offensive line. That might have been them jumping. I think they drew him. And let's see. The officials are going to confer on this. And they'll talk with each other, the side judges, and then talk with the head referee. And it will be against Roger Bacon for illegal procedure. So with 7.03 left to go, that'll move it back to the 40-yard line. And instead of third and six, it'll bring up third and 11. And one of the things I'm sure the coach is focused on after a big win is mental mistakes. And we've seen quite a few tonight. Uh, maybe them not coming in quite as prepared, maybe a little overconfident. Lackey, split right. Kuhlman, wide right, dropping back Bullock. Bullock's going to have to roll out to his right. He's going to be hit as he throws and throws it out of bounds. There was nobody near him. Nobody near where he threw the football, but it got back to the line of scrimmage incomplete. And it will be punting time for the Spartans for the first time tonight. Very athletic defensive line, very quick defensive line for Western Hills, giving Roger Bacon's offensive line all kinds of problems. Bird will drop back to punt. Kayvon Britton will drop back to about his own 25 to collect this punt in. And now Mike Blout is going to use a timeout. 6.57 left to go in the first half. Your score, Roger Bacon 7, Western Hills nothing. Since 1969, Vonderhaar's Catering has provided services for social and corporate events, private gatherings, reunions, company outings, and wedding receptions. Vonderhaar's will help you customize a menu for all types of events and clients with personal attention and excellent quality food and service. Let Vonderhaar's Catering make your event memorable with quality food and complete professional staffing. Vonderhaar's Catering, selected as one of the five preferred caterers at the newly renovated music hall. Before you finalize your menu, call Vonderhaar's Catering, 513-554-1969. Well, next week we'll be at Huron, just west of Cleveland. Six o'clock, we'll start our broadcast festivities with Spartan Rewind. The best quarter of tonight's football game will be replayed at six, then at six thirty the pregame show, seven o'clock with the kickoff from here on Ohio next week. Week three of the high school football season. Bird will drop back and punt it away from about his own thirty yard line. And it looks like they were a man short, which is why Mike Blau took that timeout. Bird gets a high end-over-end kick. Britain's going to let it hit at about the 30. Looked like a hit off of one of Western Hills players. I thought so, too. Evidently, it didn't. It's going to bounce inside the 20 to the 15, and they will down it at the 10-yard line. That's a 50-yard punt Not for bad. Luke Bird. Not bad. He uh, got all of that one, got a good Roger Bacon bounce. Good field position here. For the Bacon defense, let's see if we can get maybe a turnover to get a spark back for this Roger Bacon team. Well, now they'll say it's going to be down at about the 12-yard line. That's where they've got it first and 10 for Western Hills. 6.45 remaining to go in this first half. Just a muggy night here at Western Hills. Yeah, last week we had the benefit of all that cloud cover. If you remember, it was a yeah. decent night. But at least here we've got some open windows. Yeah. A little bit of air which, moving. Which is nice. Adams, the quarterback. He's got Britain just to the 
left of him, out of the pistol formation. Two receivers out wide on each side. Adams looks to his right, now cuts to the left, almost tackled, but gets away from one to the 15, breaks another tackle to the 20 here to the near side, and he's going to be run out of bounds at the 25-yard line after a gain of 13 on the play. Yeah, Stan Hart again, losing containment off the edge. Would have had him for a loss. Instead, he turns that into a first down run. So ball right at the 25-yard line. That's where the nose of the football stands. First down, 10 yards to go for the Mustangs. They send Denson out wide to the right. And Scott wide to the near side. Moving in motion is Britton. Britton's going to get the handoff and a flag thrown by the umpire before the snap was ever made. And I believe it's going to be movement against Western Hills. That's what it is. Illegal procedure. So that will knock them back five yards and bring up first and 15 from the 20. And again, to me, Roger Bacon just looks flat tonight on defense. Uh, missing that spark from last week. Again, a turnover will go a long way, but Coach Sheehan, Coach Kathman, Coach Watkins need to get some fire back in these boys. Adams looking over to his head coach, Armand Tatum. Tatum in his third year. Trying to get the numbers up and get the athletes to come back out for football. Well, they got athletes as evidence tonight. Jonathan Harrison into the football game. He's out wide left. Hand off to Britton right up the middle. Britton's going to be stacked up at the 20. Struggle forward and fall forward to the 21-yard line. Nolan Tebby in there. And they're going to give him the benefit of the doubt, put him right at the 22, so a gain of two for Britton. Brings up second and 13. Britton's got six carries tonight unofficially for 25 yards. Ball at the 22-yard line. Six minutes exactly left to go in this third, second quarter of action. And this is where Bacon needs to be disciplined as that quarterback looks to roll to one of the sides. Bullock going to drop straight, or excuse me, Adams going to drop straight back. He's going to throw pick the that off. ball, and Ryan Blount went right through his hands incomplete. Blount looked like the intended receiver instead of Denton, who was nowhere near the football, and Blount just couldn't catch up to it and catch it. Yeah, uh, right through his hands. Again, great defensive back. Probably not ready for a ball to come that cleanly to him. Uh, couldn't make the play, but puts him again in third and long. Roger Bacon needing to maintain discipline here. Keep your assignments, hold the edge, keep that quarterback boxed in, maybe get a little pressure, uh, tight coverage on the outside. So heading out wide to the right is Denson. To the left-hand side is Harrison. Trips now out to the right-hand side. Ball close to the near hash mark. Adams going to run the option. Cuts it across the right tackle. Out to ball the out. Roger Bacon ball. 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 Football ball. Picked up by Roger Bacon. Inside the 15 and down to the 14-yard line. We talked now about down them. Down to the 10. Down to the 10, excuse me. Needing a turnover. They got it at the right time. Let's see if we can punch it into the end zone. Get some momentum back. So now Roger Bacon will take it over. First and 10 from the Western Hills 11-yard line. This has been nip and tuck the entire first half, but this is the first big turnover of the evening. And Roger Bacon can be the beneficiary of it. It was fumbles that killed Western Hills last week against Middletown Christian. 
Probably just a matter of time before they put one down on the mat, and Roger Bacon hopefully can take advantage of it. First and ten for the Spartans at the Mustangs' 11. Moving in motion, Edmondson. Edmondson gets it on the jet around the left-hand side. He's going to be hit at the 15, breaks the tackle to the 10, to the 5, still struggling forward inside the 5, and he'll be down at the 4. Great job. Gain for Edmondson. Great run by Edmondson. He was probably dead to rights three or four times there against athletic kids. Gets a little wiggle going, makes a guy miss, and uh, turns that into a, a positive gain. So it'll be second down, three yards to go. The Spartans can pick up a first down. They get the ball inside the one. And this is where I'd probably send Bullock right up the middle. Bullock out of the pistol. He's got Kiner just to the left of him. Ball in far hash mark. Bad snap. Hand off to Kiner. Kiner behind the right guard. He's going to take it in for the score. So Kiner takes it in for his second score of the night. His eighth touchdown of the year. And with 4.57 left to go in the first half. It's now... 13 nothing. Roger Bacon on top of it. Luke Bird will come in to attempt the extra point. He is one for one for the night. Ryan Blout now will be the holder again. Jake Mumper is the long snapper. Blout gets the snap. Good snap. Bird puts it up and it is good. 4.57 left to go in the first half. Your score, it's now Roger Bacon, 14, and Western Hills, nothing. When you're looking for a family place to go after the game, stop by the Game On Sports Bar and Grill at 5880 Chevy Out Road. With several TVs, stay on top of all the games all at once at Game On. Great for the upcoming bowl season and NFL playoffs. Bring the kids. Game On has a family atmosphere that everyone will enjoy. Your home for all the Xavier and UC games with $12 buckets. Like us on Facebook, in a great location, the place to be before, during, and after the game. The Game On Sports Bar and Grill, located at 5880 Cheviot Road in White Oaks. Is your gymnasium outdated? Are your basketball backboards, bleachers, scoreboards, wall pads, and divider curtains needing maintenance? They can become huge safety concerns for students and athletes. Proper maintenance and service is critical to keeping your kids safe and prolonging your equipment. Borgman Athletics is committed to providing your school with sporting equipment that you can depend on. With state-of-the-art equipment and training, Borgman Athletics completes the job in a timely, safe, and cost-effective manner. Check them out online at BorgmanAthletics.com. At Borgman Athletics, we make sports happy. Well, Luke Bird now will kick it off for the Spartans, and if he does this time, like he has done every other kickoff this year, it'll be down somewhere around the 30-yard line. Bird will kick it off. Now it's over on the far side, and it will hit at about the 40 and stay in bounds on a nice bounce picked up by Britton. Britton is going to be hit, hit at the 10, spun backwards to the 5. Now he struggles forward. He's going to be brought down at the 8. Great Gang tackling by the Roger Bacon cover team. Never really had a chance. Probably should have not picked that up. A kid, a great athlete trying to well, make the play. had to pick it up. Well, down it, right? Probably never yeah. should have. Gave those defense another five or six seconds versus trying to make, great player trying to make a play, but puts him in another hole. Let's see if this defense, which now is a spark, uh, can make another great defensive play. They're going to put him, where are they going to spot him? Right at the 10 yard line? That's generous. Yeah. Boy, how in the world did they say give him that? forward progress though he ran voluntarily five yards back? Yeah. Boy, they've got him at the so it's first down and ten for the Mustangs at their own ten. Adams 
with Britton to his left. Now moving in motion is Denton. Hand off to Britton. Britton off right tackle. Across the 10. He's going to be hit, stacked up about the 12. Maybe get forward to the 13 for a gain of three. I think the M.O. is set here. Use Britton, athletic quarterback, make some plays, run the ball, maybe lull this defense to sleep, and then occasionally let this quarterback take a, a chance over the top. That's Britton, running back. Ferguson comes out wide to the left-hand side. Two receivers out wide to the far side. Britton lined up behind Adams out of the pistol on second down and seven. Hand off to Britton up the middle. He's going to take it to the 15, stacked up and brought down at the 15 after a gain of two. Boy, Roger Bacon's tackling this year is so much more improved. It, it really is. And, again, we talked about that before the game with, with Sheehan and Kathman and Watkins really focusing on tackling this summer and through two-a-days, a lot of drills on fundamentals, assignments, maintaining your discipline, all the things that were the Achilles heel for this defense last year. They cleaned it up quite a bit. Nolan Tebby looks awesome tonight at nose guard. Third down, five yards to go from the Mustangs' own 15. Handoff. Now keeping it is Adams. He's going to run in reverse. Cuts it back to the 15. Now cuts it to the 17, and he's going to be brought down right there at the 17-yard line on a nice tackle by Fred Greer. Great tackle. This brings up an interesting play call for Western Hills. Fourth and about one. Down 14. The officials are going to take the timeout. Boy, oh boy, their spotting tonight is really... I thought he was about three yards short. I did, too. They, they got it him, all the way. Gave him the roll, but... Uh, yeah, just shot very generous. 19-yard line. I thought he was down about the 17. Maybe they were at Price Hill Chili before this game. Ooh. Getting a little home cooking. Adams with Britton right behind him. It's going to be fourth down and about a yard and a half. Let's see if they do decide to go for it. Try to pull the defense here, maybe. This is pretty gutsy if they do, and now Tatum... We'll take a timeout. We will also. 2.35 left to go in the half. It's 14-0. Roger Bacon. Are you ready to have fun and get in shape? This is Kelly at Transform You Fitness. At Transform You Fitness, we make you smile while working off the stress of the day. Our training sessions are custom built to fit your needs, not someone else's. At Transform You Fitness, we are fully dedicated to helping you achieve your fitness goals. Check us out at 4865 Duck Creek Road or call us and get a seven-day tryout. Everything starts with a vision. We help you get there. Transform You Fitness. Call me today at 513-645-3294. 2.35 left to go in this first half from Western Hills High School. 14 nothing is your score. Roger Bacon on top of it. Two touchdown runs by Corey Kiner have put the Spartans up. Ball resting just shy of the 19. It's going to be fourth down. And call it about a yard and a half. And if they brought the kicker in, or are they going to go for this? Rob, if you look at the fourth down marker across the way, they're only showing fourth and about a half a yard, but the ball is a yard and a half off the 20. Yeah. Adams, the quarterback. Now they're going to punt it away. Another fake. And a good punt. High, short Almost blocked. Almost blocked, and it goes out of bounds. Not a good punt for Western Hills. Let's see where they spot it out of bounds. It's going to be right at the 32, make it the 31-yard line. 
and that's where Bacon will take it over with two and a half left to go in the half at the Mustangs 31. Now what? Bad kick, but the right call. I think if you give that ball to them back near the inside the 20, it's dangerous with a Corey Kiner or a Tyler Bullock back there. You hope for a better punt. <laughs> Only got about seven yards, it looks like, on that, if that. But uh, the right call, let's see if Bacon, though, with great field position, can punch another one in. So Bullock out onto the field with Kiner and four receivers out wide on both sides. Ball in the far hash mark. First and ten from the 25-yard line. Rolling out to his right is Bullock. Bullock is going to throw the ball deep into the end zone. He's got two receivers. Touchdown! Caught for a touchdown! Went right through the defensive back's hands and into the hands of Ronell Lackey. Lackey gets the score, and it is now 20 to nothing. Roger Bacon. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. That play, no exception. Exactly what Roger Bacon needed on offense was a, a, a spark, a big play. They get it there. Defensive back leaps to make the ball, goes through his hands, and Lackey's there to clean it up. Nice pass from Bullock. Went right through the defensive back's hands and into the awaiting arms of Rennell Lackey for his first score of the season. Bird will come in to attempt his third extra point of the night. He's two for two. Blout the holder, good snap, Blout gets it down, the kick is up, and the kick is good. 2.21 left to go in the half, your score now, Roger Bacon 21, Western Hills nothing. Need your car fixed and have no idea where to go? Stay local. Take your vehicle to Matt Vollmer at Pioneer Automotive in Green Hills on 48 Eswin Street. Matt's customers like their prompt, reliable service at a price you can afford. In fact, most customers refer Matt Vollmer at Pioneer Automotive to their friends and family. Simply put, he runs his business the way all auto service centers should be, with integrity. Pioneer Automotive, they get the job done right. Pioneer Automotive, located at 48 Eswin Street. Call them at 513-851-5131. Hey, it's Mal Egger. Well, let me ask you a question. What do you know about your insurance? Chances are you know how much you pay for it, but do you really know what your coverage is? Chances are you don't, and that's because most insurance companies don't go out of their way to make sure you understand what you're buying. That's why RJL is different. They design insurance programs that they monitor continually, and they make sure they adapt your coverage as your life changes. Call RJL Insurance today. Obtain a quote from Rob, Jared, or Kevin at 513-322-5637. Well, I wasn't sure who the defensive back was that the ball went right through his hands. Now I know it was Denton. Denton is really beating himself up down here awaiting this kickoff. Yeah, he's an athletic kid who made a great play on the ball. You just It went through his hands, no different than Ryan Blouts did. We happened to have been lucky enough to be there to catch it. Two Spartans there sandwiching Denton to go for that ball. Kind of had to pick his poison, and Lackey's open for it. Now this time Bird's going to kick it off, and it's going to be knocked down and taken in at the 30-yard line. You know By Noah Denton. Amazing on these short kicks I've seen from Bird tonight is they all look like they're going out of bounds. Yeah. And somehow he gets that bounce to the inside. Yeah. It, it's like a slider. Boy, it just hits the ground and cuts back towards the center of the field. Heck, two, of, a, heck of a kick. Roger Bacon's got two timeouts left. So does Western Hills. First and ten for the Mustangs. Ball at the 31-yard line. In Mustang territory. Coming out wide to the left-hand side is Jacoby Scott. And the defense needs to stay focused here. they got a little spark in them now, a little fire. 
Wide right is Denson. Moving in motion, Britton. Keeping it off the fake handoff is Adams. Adams takes it right up the middle across the 30 to the 35. Down to the 36-yard line after a gain of six on the carry. Positive play, uh, but I thought Jake Mumper, the sophomore who's in there uh, at linebacker, made a heck of a play. Held the quarterback to the inside. Kept it at a five-yard gain, what probably would have been at least a 10-yard gain had Mumper not maintained containment and pushed that back to the inside. Great play by Jake Mumper. And the quarterback, Adams, is down right where he was tackled. So there's an injury timeout on the field. We'll take one also. 2.02 remaining in the half. Your score, Roger Bacon 21, Western Hills nothing. Ascent Safety Solutions focuses on preventing injuries before they happen. Ascent partners with employers to create a strong safety culture through ongoing safety evaluations, writing, and implementing safety policies and procedures and OSHA compliant training. Having challenges on the job site, Ascent provides job site inspections along with temporary and full-time on-site safety staffing across the nation. Ascent Safety Solutions. Together, we can improve lives and reduce claim costs at the same time. Call Tommy Watkins at 513-351-1222. The Jake Sweeney Summer of Jeep Deals are hot, hot, hot. Like new Jeep Wrangler JKs. Save up to $4,000. Four grand, including lifetime mechanical protection. Where? Jake Sweeney Jeep, Tri-County. JakeSweeney.com. Well, next Friday we will be up at Huron. Kickoff will be at 7 o'clock. We'll be on the air at 6.30 with the pregame show, 6 o'clock with Spartan Rewind. Adams is up, and he's noticeably limping. I think he's got a cramp, to be honest with you. I think that's what it is because he just tripped over a blade of grass, and I kid you not, as he was walking off the field. And you could tell that his calf muscle just tightened up on him, Rob. It's hot. I might have a cramp. and We've been standing here for 45 minutes. I am Uh, really shocked that there have been no water breaks in this game. Yeah, but as as we've seen, not maybe the most experienced crew in the city calling the game tonight. So two oh two. Roger Bacon rotating in again. A lot of young guys here trying to keep guys fresh as a way to combat the heat. You know, guys like Jake Mumper out there. And Freddie com- Greer. Coming into play quarterback now is Chris Scott. He's a sophomore, five eight, one hundred and forty five pounds, number twelve. Scott out of an empty backfield. Moves Britton in motion. Fake handoff. Scott drops straight back. Rolls out to his right. Looking upfield. Trying to get away. He's going to lose the football and it goes right out of bounds. And a flag is thrown where Scott was tackled. And let's see what the call is going to be. Is it going to be intentional grounding? I hope. (laughs) If it's anything but that, i got questions for this officiating group. Let's see. Intentional grounding. That's what it is. And but now, now wait a minute, the other official came in and dropped a, fo- uh, a flag and is talking to one of the coaches. Is that what it is? He dropped a second flag. I'm not sure why he would have had to have done that. Intentional grounding is the first call. Loss of down, and it brings up... Maybe just a late flag. Well, okay. So that'll bring up third down and five yards to get, well, longer than that, 15 yards to go. Tough spot to put a young quarterback uh, on the second play of the season. Absolutely. Chris Scott, he's going to hand it off to one of the running backs coming through. That's Chris Denson. 
And Denson's going to take it out near the 29-yard line. He's going to gain three. Roger Bacon's going to take a timeout quickly. Smart timeout. Minute 39. Going to have good field position and a team that can score from anywhere. Uh, Mike Block going to see if he can put more points on the board before the half. When does it start creeping into your mind as a Western Hills ball player that we have not scored this year? Uh, well before kickoff. Getting goose-egged in any game leaves a big hangover to the next week, especially if you've got athletes. Uh, and this is a team that I've not been unimpressed with. The offensive game plan has been limited. They have athletes, but really if you had to point to one thing that Western Hills was doing wrong, I think it's just that. Maybe not enough variety of plays, but Roger Bacon's defense has actually played pretty well again for the second week in a row. That has more to do with this zero on the board than anything. And Tatum came here as a offensive coach, but so far they have not been able to put a point on the scoreboard this year. Well, I, I think you, you could see at least for some reason he's not comfortable putting the quarterback in a position to throw the ball much. They've really tried to focus on either quarterback keepers, jet sweeps, or trying to run Denton to either side off tackle. So Taylor Benton back set to punt this football away. He's a 5'8", 250-pounder. Gets a high end-over-end kick that Kuhlman's going to let hit at the 45-yard line. Take a nice Western Hills bounce inside the 35 and will be downed at the 34-yard line. That's a 37-yard punt by Denton. Got a great bounce. Puts Bacon a little bit deeper than I anticipated they were to come out, but still a minute 28. You've got a timeout left. And uh, some real good athletes who now have a little pep in their step. So Bullock will lead the team up to the line of scrimmage. He's got Kiner to his left. Edmondson out wide right along with Tumlin. And Luke Bird, single receiver out to the far side, is Kuhlman dropping back as Bullock sets up a screen to Kiner all alone. To the 40, 45, 50, he's into the middle. Cuts it to the 40, to the 35, to the 30, and he's brought down right there at the 30-yard line on a 35-yard screen. Great play call. The antidote to an over-aggressive defense is a screen play. Bullock draws the, that aggressive defensive line in, and those linebackers... Dumps it into the flat to Kiner. We get a 35-yard gain. Bullock back under center. Ball resting at the 30-yard line in Western Hills territory. Throws it over the middle just behind the intended receiver, Coleman, and incomplete. He couldn't come up with it. Coleman had to rush that throw. If he has another half second uh, from that defensive pressure, uh, he probably completes that a little bit behind Coleman. David Lewis, one of the defensive linemen for Western Hills, a 225-pound 5'11 senior, is down at about the 40, the 35 yard line. And this is an area where I talked earlier about Brandon Tumlin, who I, I really feel as the season goes on is going to be the X factor for the offense and the defense really. Superb athlete, very quick, very big and strong, aggressive kid. We saw him on the jet sweep earlier. Seeing some opportunities to get the ball in his hands, whether it be bubble screens, jet sweeps, or even giving Kiner a spell just to give a different look. Uh, I'd like to see him get this is a great time to maybe put the ball in his hands and see if something could happen as a decoy uh, or a variety of change of pace from Kiner. And, Rob, I, I hate to continue beating a dead horse, but Lewis is down with a cramp. 
this is a time where you've got to really ask yourself the question, why these officials are not taking the obligatory six-minute water break or even an extended water break in between change of possessions. It is hot out here tonight. Temperature somewhere around 90 degrees. It's muggy. There's literally no breeze. The flag is high, hanging limp on the flagpole. And these players right now are suffering cramps. I agree with you. On the bright side, Bacon saves a timeout. They get a chance to regroup, uh, although it was a dead ball anyway, but a chance to come back, maybe reconfigure some things, uh, refocus, on, maybe come back out with a good play call. So the ball resting right at the 30-yard line, second down and 10 yards to go in Mustang territory. Lewis is up and walking off under his own power. Bullock is standing back, waiting for the official to put the ball in play, and now he does. He's got Kiner to the right, trips out to the near side. Bullock drops straight back, looks up the middle, gets away from one evader. Cuts it up the middle. He's going to be brought down at the 30. Still struggling. Ball out. Damn it. And it's picked up on the play by Western Hills. And they're going to take it back across the 45 out to the 47-yard line. You called it earlier in the game, Dave, about Bullock holding that ball out for grabs when he's running uh, versus packing it in with two hands and locking it. Uh, Again, loose ball. We were worried about that. De'Aaron Holtzman, a senior, 5'8", 165-pounder, came away with the fumble recovery and the return out to the 45-yard line. First and 10 for the Mustangs. They've got one timeout remaining. So ball resting right at the 45. You've got a halftime interview. We'll talk about that right after this play. Still in a quarterback is Chris Scott, the sophomore, Took the place of Adams in the last drive. He drops straight back. He's going to look over the middle, throws it over the middle, incomplete. Way over the head of the intended receiver to Sean Jones. That's just sophomore nerves under the Friday night lights that uh, he overshot that one. Bad time to lose your quarterback. Opportunity for Bacon to get some pressure on him. Still 53 seconds. Ball on their half of the field. Let's see if the defense can make something happen. 21 nothing. Roger Bacon on top of it. 53 seconds left to go in this first half. Scott out of the shotgun. Heavy rush on a blitz by Thompson. He's going to throw the ball away. And nope, they're not going to call it. They're going to say that he was on the way down. And that's what caused the incomplete pass. That was a generous play call. Super there by the by the official. It could have been intentional grounding again, but it brings up third and ten from the 45. 49 seconds left to go before half, and your halftime interview is? Father Roger Lopez. So uh, Franciscan Friar here at Roger Bacon, uh, one of the many ordained faculty members teaching classes and uh, guiding our students through their Franciscan education. Scott going to throw it out on the flat. Intercepted by Brandon Tomlin. Tomlin takes it to the 30. Up the first side, 20, 10. Brandon Tomlin. Tomlin. Tomlin takes it 45 yards for the interception return. And the Spartans have broken it open now. With 38 seconds left to go. And it is 27 to nothing. 
Scott threw it right on into the flat, and Tumlin was right there, jumped the route, intercepted it, and took it back 45 yards for the score. We've talked about him being a difference maker, a lightning bolt on both sides of the ball. Made some great plays last week. The more he touches the ball, the better. He read that one all the way against a young quarterback and takes it to the house. Luke Bird in to attempt the extra point. And it is no good. His first miss of the night. So, 38 seconds left to go. And I believe the score is 27 to nothing. Although the scoreboard shows it 28 to nothing. They either anticipated Bird would hit that extra point or they were trying to jinx him. Much like, way, it didn't work. Much like I did with my update here uh, for friends and family. But great play by Tumlin. Uh, that kid is going to be a key part of this Roger Bacon team. Coach Blount needs to get the ball in his hands as often as possible. Yeah, Tumlin, just an outstanding athlete. 5'7", 180 pounds, a senior. And with 38 seconds to go before the half, it is 27 to nothing. Roger Bacon leads Western Hills. It'll be interesting to see. I know there's 38 seconds left, uh, and Roger Bacon will get the ball out of halftime, but you have a sophomore quarterback, Friday Night Lights for the first time. You get a fumble. You take it back a little bit. You have a chance to do something with it. You throw a pick six. What does that do to the psyche of this Western Hills team will be very interesting. Bird is going to squib it again up the oh. right-hand side. It'll be taken in. Roger Bacon ball. And he dropped the football. Let's see. There's a scrum on the ball. Field for the football. Who's got it? It is Roger Bacon. They've got it at the 37-yard line of Mother Mustangs. And a lot of time left, 33 seconds. Terrible mental error by that front line on the kick return team. He jumps up, had no chance to catch it, only puts a hand on it like he's trying to bat it down, threw it off, threw the trajectory off for the up back behind him. Uh, never had a chance to get his hands on it. Roger Bacon there to, to pick it up. It'll be Ren- interesting with 33 seconds. Rennell Lackey is the one who covered up the fumble. One timeout remaining for Roger Bacon. Bullock out of an empty backfield. They've got Kiner out wing right. Receivers out wide. Duo receivers on Shot each side. Shot to Kuhlman here. Another Bullock snap. dropped the snap from center. That was a good snap, and he picked it up and is dropped right at the 40, and I think Bacon's going to have to use their final timeout. Mike Blount. Going to look at the official. Now he comes over and talks to Luke Bird. And now I think they're just going to let the clock run out. Probably the smart play. You're up 27. You don't want to make a mental mistake. Go in and regroup. you got the ball coming out of halftime. Uh, get Kiner going. Burn some clock. Get out of here with a W. So that'll do it for the first half of action. And it's been a good one for Roger Bacon. Your score here at the half. It is Roger Bacon 27 and the Western Hill Mustangs. Nothing. This Roger Bacon Spartans High School football broadcast is made possible by Transform U Fitness, Eric Geiger State Farm Insurance, Jake Sweeney Automotive, Ascent Safety Solutions, Game On Sports Bar, RJL Insurance, Stacy Heating and Cooling, and Vonderhaar Catering. Please let these sponsors know you heard their name on Roger Bacon Spartans High School football broadcast on UltimateSportsTalk.com. Interesting half here. Very quick moving half. Saw a lot of Kiner in the first part of the, the quarter, first quarter. Get going, 50 yards on a handful of carries, picks up that early touchdown. 
Looks like Roger Bacon got very deflated there against a very athletic team that maybe was giving them some problems. Uh, on the flip side of that, uh, finally got a spark going with a turnover. You know, turnovers killed this team, uh, West High, last week. Once it seemed like they picked that turnover up, were able to push that ball in. They got a spark. A couple big plays. We saw a lucky play with Bullock to Lackey. Uh, Lackey playing a great defensive end. And then, of course, Tumlin with the pick six, uh, taking it to the house, giving some breathing room to this Roger Bacon team. Father Roger. So we have an interview coming up with Father Roger Lopez. Uh, Father Roger, very, very special individual. Uh, I was fortunate to be, to be a Roger Bacon alum. Uh, to have the presence of Franciscan friars throughout my education, as many Spartans have over the 90-year existence of the school. Uh, when I was thinking about what it means to be a Roger Bacon Spartan, I thought no better person than Father Roger Lopez, uh, Franciscan priest, teaches my daughter Ellie's religion class to uh, to tell us about what it means to be a Franciscan and a Roger Bacon Spartan. Most of you know this is a, uh, a sports-based program, but uh, one of the things that make Roger Bacon so unique is that you know athletics has a a very small role in as far as how we round our student athletes here and uh, I'm lucky to have Father Roger Lopez OFM uh one of the Franciscans who is president Roger Bacon here today to talk about uh the spiritual environment of Roger Bacon uh, what it means to be a Franciscan and uh his role here as a teacher so father thank you for joining us thank you it's great to be here uh, welcome to all those in the uh hello to all those in the Spartan Nation Spartan Nation. So one of the things that I think, you know, we do have a lot of alums and they understand what it means to be Franciscan, but we have a lot of, you know, family and friends and those that don't quite understand uh, this Franciscan culture that makes Roger Bacon so unique here in the Cincinnati Catholic School landscape. If you wouldn't mind sharing for a few minutes uh, what it means to be Franciscan. Uh, St. Francis is probably one of the most widely recognized and known saint on the planet, uh, regardless of what your what your belief is, Christian, Hindu, Muslim, atheist, whatever it may be. He's kind of captured the the imagination and the intrigue throughout the centuries. And I believe there's probably numerous reasons uh, why is that um, I just want to maybe highlight a couple of them is that uh, Francis, you know, he lived in a time to where there were a lot of things going on. There was a lot of um, injustice. There was a lot of uh, neglect. There was a lot of... Um, uh, poverty of spirit and he comes in Francis comes in and he provides this light he reaches out to those that were neglected uh, he reminds those that are abu- that are abusing that this is not what God is that God's love and that he reaches out to the poor and just and just um, wants to be with them and this captures people they love him because of this because he's just present and I think that if we're looking at what does that mean to be Franciscan, is that I think one of its most fundamental elements is just to be present. If Christ uh, comes in the fullness of time and is just present with his people, walks uh, walks the earth, uh, tells jokes, you know, eats with his disciples and uh, and laughs, is that just being present with the people and it changes them. Can we, as Franciscans, that are this incarnational element, this uh, trying to be like Christ, let's just be present with people? Can we just uh, can we be present with our students? Can we be present with our alumni and with our teachers and with the world when we reach out to the community? Just be with them because more than anything, we yeah, there's a lot of things that we need to do, but being present with someone is probably one of the greatest gifts that we can give. Uh, Roger Bacon is unique here in the Catholic school landscape as well because we have a large contingent of ordained faculty and staff, not just here, you know, as uh, 
uh, for lack of anything better, you're here to teach classes and interact with students and really help to shape these students. Uh, tell us uh, what that means. You know, I go back to Father Jim Bach and Father Fred and, and Father Bill who were and Brother Gene, who's still around, made a huge impact on me when I was a student here. Uh, tell us about, uh, you know, why you chose to come back and teach and what a difference that makes for these students. You know, the um, the Franciscans were never founded for any particular purpose. Um, as I mentioned before, they were they were called to just be with the people. So that kind of frees up to do so many different things. You know, we run parishes, we run soup kitchens, uh, we're professors, and uh, we can work at Ace Hardware stores. Um, so we can do traditional and non-traditional ministry. Um, but teaching is probably one of the most, um, is a fundamental part of who we are because, um, you know, in its most basis is that um, we have an experience with Jesus Christ. And it's great. We experience Christ's love. And it's so good that we want to tell other people. And one of the best ways that we can do that is through education, is that we can tell who Christ is and his love, not just by um, not just by our living, not just by our presence, but through the sciences, through academics, through English and language and, uh, and through theology and all these elements. Um, and in this is that we help to form the child um, to help them understand who Christ is and who Christ is in their life and who Christ wants them to be in the world. Um, and they get a chance to see us as these Franciscans, as crazy as we are, and nutty, and wild, um, but hopefully striving like them to be the better version of ourselves. That we're all work in progress, um, and uh, that we don't try to differentiate ourselves in, in that regard, is that we're all on that journey together. In this case, we're walking with them, uh, side by side as their teachers, um, striving to become that, that better version. Another great thing about Roger Bacon is it is a Catholic high school and, as I've mentioned, has a, a strong Franciscan presence. But not everybody has to be Catholic uh, to step into this faith-based community uh, and kind of embrace what Roger Bacon has to offer. Uh, tell us about integrating you know, all faiths uh, and all beliefs into this uniquely Franciscan uh, educational experience. One of the most fundamental elements of our Catholic faith is that we believe that um, every element of life has dignity and value. It's a fundamental part. It's 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 probably one of the most it's the pivotal uh, tenet of our Catholic social teaching. Now, if you think about that, that everything has value, everything has worth, regardless of what is done or what someone believes uh, or um, or where someone comes from, that th- just by being created in God's image and likeness, that that has value. So the other elements become secondary. Um, that we welcome those who are of uh, an Islamic faith. Um, that we welcome those who are atheists, um, that someone who is um, regardless of color, black, white, Hispanic, whatever it may be, um, social, economic, that the poor and the rich and the middle in between, um, someone who is heterosexual or homosexual, someone that um, whatever it may be, disabled uh, or not, is that those elements become secondary. The most important part is that they're... They're a child of God. And because of that, they're welcomed. Now, part of that is that that welcome allows them to come in and we can, we can, we can show them the beauty of our faith. Um, we ask that they respect that element. So they learn and they participate in liturgies and things like that. Um, but that they're welcomed here and loved because of that fundamental element. That's what Francis knew. 
he knew that all of all of us are brothers and sisters, um, which I think sometimes maybe the world seems to forget. Uh, we spoke a little bit before we began the interview about uh, Catholic education being a, a 40 or 50 year decision uh, versus a four year decision sometimes with, with public education. And as we see a lot of the crises that our country is experiencing trickle down into the high schools, uh, you know, certainly school shootings and bullying and other violence that occurs. Share with us for a few minutes uh, from your perspective uh, as a friar what what you think Catholic education is about and how important it is for our youth. You know, the um, an image that I, I love to use is um, the image of Fulton Sheen, probably one of the great televangelists, right? Uh, if you remember black and white television, he's there dressed as a, a bishop with his cape and real charismatic. He writes on this chalkboard. And uh, he actually had a one segment on, like, what's the value of Catholic education? And it's really great. If you ever have a chance, just go to YouTube and type in Fulton Sheen Catholic Education. And uh, in its most basic sense is that he talks about that they're, the public schools do a great job of, with information, uh, giving out, you know, learning, reading, writing, the, the arithmetic, those, uh, those uh, fundamental elements. And Catholic school, yes, is called to do the same, to part, impart that information. But more than anything, it's to also provide formation. I tell this to my students. I said, you know, I asked them the first day, what do you want to do when you get older? And they go around and they say veterinarians and they say lawyers and they say scientists and some say NFL players, uh, which I'm like, okay, you know. And they go through and they, they, they think about a lot of things they can do. And then I said, okay, great. Now, let me ask you, what do you want to be when you get older? And of course they're taken aback and they automatically want to go to veterinarian and doctor. I said, no, 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 no. That's what you want to do. What do you want to be? And it takes them back. And I say, um, think about what do you want to be is, is like, who do you want to be? I said, do you want to be forgiving and loving? Or do you want to be cynical and negative? Do you want to be someone of integrity? Uh, or do you want to be someone who just uses people? And it makes them think. And they start realizing, well, no, I want to be these good things. And I said, fantastic. That's what we're going to do in my theology class. We're going to be working on the formation of yourself. And you're going to be doing it. I'm just going to be providing questions and we're going to be doing discussion over and over again is to help you realize what do you want to be? Because we all, in its most fundamental part, want to be good. We believe that. We believe as Christians, Francis of Assisi knew that he saw the goodness in all. And that's what Catholic education is all about, especially here at Roger Bacon. We want to form you to be the best version of yourself, form you into what Christ loves and knows, but you may not. That's what that's what we're here for. Uh, and, and I'm a product of that environment. And uh, my daughter here, a freshman now, as, as many of our listeners know, uh, is here for that very reason. So last question. Uh, Roger Bacon, very special to me and most of the alums uh, I know who've gone through here. Uh, tell our listeners, from your perspective, what makes Roger Bacon so special? You know, there are a lot of great things. I, um, you know, I go all around the United States and, uh, when I walk, when I'm going through hotels or I'm on airplanes or I'm walking, people see me in my habit and they're, I, it's amazing. I, there will be, I'm class of 1964 or I'm class of 72 and I, we just break up, we enter in discussions and I'm like, oh, okay. So I get an idea of what year I'm like, oh, were you taught by brother Gene or father Antonine or father Sylvester? And we go through and they're just like, oh my God, you know those people? And I'm like, well, I know of them. 
um, those were my brothers that are no longer here, but they're my brothers. And I'm continuing that line uh, of these great men that have went before me, um, that dedicated their life uh, through these vows and through their commitment of education. And uh, I think one of the things that makes it so great is that we have this relationship, going back maybe just to the very beginning, is that men who played football and was in the band and who did who who knew of all these friars and how they remember those friars being present at those basketball games sitting on the sidelines uh, or the friars sitting out in the field watching football when the stadium was you know crazy and um is that when they see when they see me is that they remember all of the great things and all the great experiences they had at Roger Bacon Well said. Thank you. Thank you. It may not require a textbook, but it's filled with valuable lessons. It may not take place in a classroom, but it's an ideal environment for learning. It may not involve a diploma, but it can help prepare Ohio's young people for life. It's high school sports. High school sports can play a critical role in a student's overall education. In fact, studies show that students that participate in high school sports are more likely to enjoy greater levels of achievement in their academic lives. If you think high school sports are only about competition, think again. Better yet, think about attending a high school sporting event in your community. You'll be amazed by what you see. High school sports, a winning part of a complete education. This message presented by the Ohio High School Athletic Association and the Ohio Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. If I play sports for my school, I'll learn how to be part of a team. I will have more friends. I will be active now and when I'm a grown-up. I will learn how to work hard. I'll have better attendance. I'll learn how to overcome adversity. I'll be more likely to go to college. I will learn how to get along with others. If I play sports for my school. If I play sports for my school. If I play sports for my school. I must learn to be a good student during school if I want to put on my uniform after school. Twenty-seven to nothing here at halftime. Roger Bacon with a big, big lead here this afternoon or this evening at Western Hills High School. Rob, I'll tell you one thing: if Western Hills came in here looking to shut down Corey Kiner, they've done it at the detriment of trying to win the football game. Yeah, they've, they've had some bad luck tonight for sure. They keyed on Corey. Corey, as we talked about in the pregame killed this Western Hills team last year in the first half with five touchdowns. The game was over at halftime. Uh, much bigger cushion than even tonight. Every game Roger Bacon comes in, how's the you know the key for that defense is going to be stopping Corey Kiner. No exception tonight. They got a very athletic, fast front. They're able to get penetration on the offensive line, not just to get to Kiner, but they've given Bullock problems all night. Uh, but Corey, able to get free on a couple runs, able to put a couple in the end zone. Lucky play from Bullock to Lackey, and of course the pick six gives us a pretty big cushion, because on the flip side, 
the Western Hills offense has had trouble against our defense. You know, it's interesting. I just watched defensive coordinator Steve Sheehan walk all the way across the field and talk to the officials over on the far side for about five minutes here at halftime and then turned around and walked back. I don't know what that was all about, but it would have been interesting to hear. Well, Steve Sheehan has forgotten more about football than most of the people in this stadium are ever going to know. Back-to-back state champ in the, the 80s, one of the most respected and legendary coaches in Ohio football history, uh, probably going over there to, to kind of point some things out that he saw that this officiating crew did not. That wouldn't be hard to do. <laughs> not on a night like tonight. No, not especially not on a night like tonight. Now, of course, the running clock rule is 28. And right now, Roger Bacon, they are going to get, boy, oh, boy. I'll tell you one thing. That, that is loud. You bring up an interesting point, Dave, which is how big of a miss that was for Luke Bird in eliminating that running clock. Because as we've seen from this yeah. offense, they are not built, the Western Hills offense is not built to put the ball in the air and put points on the board quickly. So the detriment to them would be trying to now have to, if we see sophomore Chris Scott again at quarterback who had some problems, he threw the pick six. If he suddenly had to come and air it out because time became the essence, it could cause more problems. As it is, they have a little bit more flexibility now to get into the room of the offense and, and maybe get some clock stoppage for first downs and, and dead balls. A quick look at the stats. Roger Bacon with 10 first downs to the Mustangs three so far in this first half. Roger Bacon has rushed the ball 20 times for 93 yards. And the Mustangs 19 times for 66 yards. Roger Bacon, 5 of 10 through the air for 84 yards. Corey Kiner, 10 carries tonight, 58 yards, 2 touchdowns, 1 reception for 35 yards. And Tyler Bullock, he is 8 of 18 in the passing department. The other thing that will be interesting is I can tell you, in this heat, with all that's going on, the one kid that's not going to get tired is Corey Kiner. That kid is in better physical condition than literally anybody else I know. He gets stronger as the game goes on. He will be a kid that, that gives 100% and that I think Western Hills will probably have trouble containing as they get fatigued and tired of chasing him around this field. Could see a big second half for Corey Kiner. And we'll be back with the second half action. We'll do that right after this timeout. Next Friday night, the Roger Bacon Spartans head north near Cleveland for their longest road trip of the season. Huron awaits the Spartans as week three of the high school football season comes into view. This is Dave Mitchell. Join Rob Rickenbaugh and I next Friday night as the Spartans continue towards their goal of a postseason berth. We begin with Spartans Rewind at 6, the pregame show at 6.30, and the kickoff is at 7. Roger Bacon plays it here on next Friday night, and you can hear it all beginning at 6 on UltimateSportsTalk.com. Well, bad news, Spartan fans. <laughs> we are going to be in the middle of a lightning delay. They saw some lightning over to the north side of town, and according to the OHSAA, Whenever they see lightning, it is an automatic 30-minute delay for the game. So, both teams are heading into the locker room. And I can tell you one time, Rob, I was doing a football game. No, I take that back. I was not doing the game. I was actually watching the game. One of my sons was playing at it. And they did not get the game restarted until 12.15. 
Every time they see a flash of lightning, they restart the 30-second clock or the 30-minute clock. Was it a close game? Uh, no. All right. No. That'd but it was, it was not a 20, it was not a running clock situation, but it was a couple touchdown game. And, uh. I thought the skies were relatively clear. I'm surprised, uh. Well, they just showed us the, it's coming in from the southwest. Is what it looks like. Yeah, if you take a look at it, there it is. Yeah. Yeah, coming right up from the Louisville, Lexington area. Boy, right, and it's, it's massive. Matt Bauer with the radar. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, it might might go away. Only if we're lucky. Yep. So anyway, I mean, as long as the the OHSAA has got control of this, that that is the rule for the officials. Once they see lightning, they have to send everybody to the locker rooms and wait 30 minutes. So we will also. But basically what we're going to do is we're going to take a timeout. And then we will come back and decide what it is we are going to do here. 26 minutes, uh, pretty time for a bathroom break. Maybe make a sandwich, call your mom, tell her you love her, come back and listen to the second half of Roger Bacon football. 27 to nothing is the score. Roger Bacon on top of it and... You know, it's a shame, too, because there hasn't been... I didn't see the original lightning strike, Rob, but there's not anything out there right now of any lightning strike. Yeah. Okay. Well, on the other hand, these officials have seen many things all night that no one else did, so uh, that could just be one more thing to the list. Yeah, they're they're saying it's behind us, the, the closed end of this press box, so... That, that's probably where it is. But all the players right now are in, in the locker room now. Next week we will be at Huron. And you said you talked to the coaches earlier this week about that ball game and just what they expect out of Huron. Just a little bit. And really that, you know, this Huron team, very, very, very good. A very good quarterback and good receivers. Roger Bacon gonna have their hands full. In fact, the coaches were a little bit more concerned that maybe this Roger Bacon team would overlook Western Hills tonight coming off their big loss to Middletown Christian and look ahead to the Huron game, not just for the excitement of being able to take a long road trip and go up and play on the lake, but also because they're playing a very, very good team that was really going to be a measure of how good this Roger Bacon team is. Yeah, and the thing that worries me the most is the bus ride. That is a long bus ride up to Huron, and it's it's not an easy place to get to. Uh, it is near Cedar Point. Everybody thinks that it's just, you know, right up 71. That's not the case. Um, it's west of Cleveland, actually even western more than Sandusky, where Cedar Point is located. But, you know, Rob, when you, you look at this, you know, these kids, hopefully they're going to get up there a couple hours before game time so they can get themselves stretched out. Of course, if you listen to the Browns offensive line coach on Hard Knocks, we won two World Wars without stretching, so... That may be overrated. So those bus rides are difficult, and really that's one of the reasons why we are leaving the GCL next year is because of those long bus rides. I remember in 2015 I was helping Mike uh, on staff, and we took a ride up to uh, play Chaminade. It ended up being a two-and-a-half-hour bus ride because of traffic up 75 and construction. We got there probably about 5 till 7. 
you got to jump off the bus. Now you're suddenly got to play. Uh, when I was a senior, we took a bus ride to Columbus to play uh, one of the Columbus teams. Two and a half hour bus ride. You, you're kind of shut down. You're, you're half asleep by the time you get up there. You're, you don't feel like you're ready to go out and play football versus when you're home or you're taking a short bus ride to Western Hills. You're all fired up. You jump off the bus. You play. It'll be a difficult challenge already. That long bus ride will make it more difficult. I think the team is going to leave quite early. They've early dismissal anyway. They have Grandparents Day coming up, uh, of which my parents will be making a, a big guest appearance for my daughter. And then they get out. They're going to have a big pep rally. Boy's going to leave about 11, try to get up there early to kind of get their feet set up there in Huron. Rob, I know I know a few officials. I'm good friends with a few of them. I'm not going to name them, so I don't incriminate them when I tell this story, but... A lot of the officials will actually, what they'll do is, they they might see lightning, but they won't see it. They'll just let it go. And they, they'll just, you know, there was lightning? Where? And then they'll they'll walk away from it and, and won't listen. Now, evidently these guys saw another strike of lightning because they turned the clock off. I'm not sure if that means they've seen more and they're going to time it themselves or what they're going to do. But it should be fairly interesting. Right now, we've got a 27 to nothing game. Roger Bacon on top of it. And we may be here for a while. I'm, I am not joking when I say that I was at a high school football game. This had to be, I'm going to guess Rob probably about 15 years ago now. Where the game literally got back underway at 12-15. They were just about ready to call it and come back the next day. Yeah, well, I agree with you. I, I think in a fast-moving game, 80-degree heat, you're ready to kick off the second half. Uh, I would have had to, I mean, unless there was really a hellacious strike that, you know, maybe Thor was coming to earth behind us and really demonstrating his power. Uh, I didn't see or hear anything. No one in the crowd seemed to other than the officials who were sitting on a bench over there. Maybe they needed a little bit of a, a break or something, but uh, we're stuck here. Now they've stopped uh, Taking the time off the clock, at least, I would say another 20 minutes, but uh, who knows? Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. I mean, and, no, and then what ends up happening is after the 30 minutes, then they have that other three-minute stretch period again. Yeah, uh, it, it's difficult to come back. You know, we were down uh, a couple years ago. That was our concern. We were playing North College Hill. We ended up moving the game to a Saturday afternoon because of the, the weather on Friday night and the lightning, and then the rain came. Otherwise, a clear night tonight. I hope we get through this and another 15 or so we kick off the second half. Well, right now, as I said, it's 27 to nothing. Roger Bacon on top of it. And we will be back with more after this. Ascent Safety Solutions focuses on preventing injuries before they happen. Ascent partners with employers to create a strong safety culture through ongoing safety evaluations, writing, and implementing safety policies and procedures and OSHA-compliant training. Having challenges on the job site? Ascent provides job site inspections, along with temporary and full-time on-site safety staffing across the nation. Ascent Safety Solutions. Together, we can improve lives and reduce claim costs at the same time. Call Tommy Watkins at 513-351-1222. This Roger Bacon Spartans High School football broadcast is made possible by Ed Nolan McLeod, Attorneys, The Substation 2 in Florence, Jason Regelsberger, State Farm Insurance, The Lucky Turtle, T-Spot, Window Tint and Audio, Pioneer Auto Service, 
Borgman Athletics, and Sunday's Pub. Please let these sponsors know you heard their name on Roger Bacon Spartans High School broadcast on UltimateSportsTalk.com. Think about your home. What do you see? Do you just see two stories or the stories of your toddler's first steps? <laughs> now think about your car. Do you see an odometer reading or your kids reading in the back seat? Other insurance companies just see a house. They just see a car. But a State Farm agent sees what your home and your car really mean to you. So why not give them the protection they deserve? Call agent Eric Geiger at 513-574-0321. Well, it's 27 to nothing, and uh, we are efforting right now to find the uh, Joe Stofa interview from... Jeff Stofa. Jeff Stofa, sorry. great Jeff Stofa. No, no worries. So... Jeff, the great quarterback here. Uh, I'm sure if we had an opportunity to announce her here, causing a little bit of a ruckus here is, is the, some of the younger fans getting a little anxious here with the lightning strike and Western Hills trying to keep it classy. Jeff Stofa, the great quarterback. Brother John was a great quarterback, went on to play in Miami of Ohio. Jeff played at UC. Father John was a Cincinnati Bengal and Miami Dolphin who had a, uh, a good career and a great influence on John and Jeff. Uh, both well-respected Roger Bacon legendary football players. And I am efforting to find that Stofa interview, to be honest with you. Right here, right here it is. And no worries. What we are going to do is we're going to load this up and get an opportunity to have Rob's interview with Jeff Stofa while we're in the middle of this break. Yeah, and I'm fortunate next week for the Huron game, I'm going to sit down with Roger Perdricks, class of 1961, teammate of Mel Anthony, who we talked to last year, the former Rose Bowl MVP, but Roger Perdricks, another Hall of Fame, Roger Bacon legend, a great lineman, went on to play at the University of Cincinnati where he had an excellent All-American level career, uh, and then went on to play football in Canada, uh, played up there on three Grey Cup teams, a very big, physical, legendary uh, Hall of Famer at Roger Bacon. So uh, also fortunate I grew up idolizing Roger Perdricks. Roger Perdricks to a, a great degree. I went to school with his kids. Uh, Polly was in my class, but, you know, Michelle, Mitch was a great basketball player at Roger Bacon. Uh, so a great opportunity to sit down to a guy I've known since I was a little kid. I uh, talked to him about football, uh, about growing up as a Roger Bacon Spartan, uh, and about uh, what it means to be a Roger Bacon Spartan. So looking forward to that. We'll have that for the Huron game uh, next week. And uh, hope fans will tune in to enjoy that. Of course, we talked earlier about how many fans would make the Huron trip. A four-hour ride. Going to be a long one, but going to be a good one. If you can't make it up, tune in to Ultimate Sports Talk. And right now what we're going to do is we're going to, during this rain delay period that we've got, we are going to go ahead and re-air the Jeff Stofa interview that Rob did a couple of weeks ago. I am speaking today with the man who sits as the best player at the most important position in Roger Bacon history, former quarterback Jeff Sofa. Jeff, thanks for your time today. Sure, thank you. Uh, I'll admit I'm a little bit biased uh, since I was lucky enough to be uh, on some of the teams you played on here, but uh, I think it's pretty safe to say you are the best of all time at the most important position. Wanted to jump right into some of your career records at Roger Bacon, which 29 or 30 years later are still the gold standard at that school. Most passing yards in a game, you have the top three, with 376 against Green Hills in 88 and two other 300-yard games that season. Most passing yards in a season with 2139. 
Most yards in a career, 3796, which is still more than a 1,000 yards more than the second guy. Most career passing touchdowns and most passing TDs in a game with five. Looking back at a school with such a rich history, how's it feel still be the standard of which all QBs are measured? Well, you know, I appreciate that, and and the records are great. But, uh, you know, I was on a... You know, some good teams there, uh, you know, back in 87 and 88. And, uh, you know, it, I, I, Rob, I still think I, you know, I'm biased a little bit, but have, uh, two of the best receivers I threw to, uh, in history of, uh, Roger Bacon and Milt Stiegel and, and Joe Sanders. So, uh, you know, I attribute, you know, the records and, and, uh, all the accolades not only to my receivers, but also, you know, the, the offensive line and the running backs of Jerry Porter and Kenny Carter that I played with as well. So um, it, it's great to still have those records, but, uh, you know, they, they're they a team effort, not just uh, my individual statistics. That's a very Spartan-like thing for you to say. Uh, let me ask you about Milton Joe. So certainly there is some fortune of having maybe the two best receivers in school history there at the same time. At the same time, I think it can be said that they couldn't throw the ball to themselves, uh, and even the best receivers need a great quarterback. How much do you think that it was kind of a, a perfect mix of chemistry with you and those guys? Well, yeah, I, I think it, it was a perfect mix. Um, you know, for them both to be on the field, one a junior, you know, and Joe Sander and, and Milt Sr., uh, uh, you know, we had a nice balance, and, and uh was fortunate to, to have both of those uh, receivers on the field as well as, um, you know, our tight end, Tom Nicholas, and, you know, one guy that uh, receiver that, you know, is failed to, to, to be mentioned in, in the statistics. Uh, if I had only w- looked his way a couple more times, is Ziggy Neeson, um, who, you know, was uh, was our third receiver and, and, and a very good receiver as well. But I'm just fortunate enough to uh, – to play with again, you know Milton and Joe, and, and be able to throw their way, and they made they made some good catches for me. So, um, you know, I appreciate the, you know all they've done on the field. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you about that because uh, certainly guys like Iggy Neeson are in the record book uh, in some capacity. You know, no small thanks to you as a quarterback. Uh, the true measure of a quarterback is a guy who can make everyone around him better and kind of elevate the team. Uh, which you seem to do, uh, you know, from Tom Nicholas to Iggy to Mike Morelli to Jerry Porter. Uh, tell me what stands out about playing with those guys on those teams uh, in the 87-88 seasons. Well, they were consistent, you know, and we had a uh, we had a nice balanced attack on off offense, and uh, um, it was really, you know, one of the the, the first uh, pro style offenses that. Uh, uh, Coach Hankey had developed and implemented um, for for not only myself but but uh, you know the players that were surrounded around me. So um, you know from the running game to again everyone was consistent and, and, and dependable, and I think we just did things the right way and, and ran the right routes. And uh, um, you know fundamentally we were we were pretty sound, and, and it was again. Uh, kind of a pretty easy for me just to, to get the ball within a vicinity of a Joe or a Milt or a an Iggy, and they pull it down and make the reception for me. So um, just the balanced attack was was uh, really important to the to the offense and to our whole team. 
your junior year, you had a couple of lopsided losses to Moeller, St. X, and West High. Uh, the next year, you rebounded with a very tight match against Moeller, and then you avenged those losses with big wins over the West High, and of course, uh, a huge win against St. X at their place. Uh, what memories do you have about those seasons at Roger Bacon? Well, first of all, we uh, we played in the in the GCL, you know, the 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 GCL, if you will. Um, the bowlers, the Saint X's, the the elders, the Purcells. Um, so you know, I'm proud of that, and, and proud to be part of that uh, uh, that GCL uh, um, schedule. Uh, and if I remember correctly, one of our signature wins was uh, uh, Purcell Marion, our junior year. I think we uh, we beat them in overtime, which was a big victory for us. Um, you know, when I was a junior, and then senior year, we bounced back and. Uh, yeah, that was a big win at, at St. X, uh, one of our obviously rivals and, uh, and, uh, to beat them, uh, up there on their home field was, uh, still a, still a good memory to take away from, uh, from, you know, that, that senior year, so. Uh, outstanding. So, uh, your brother was a great player at Roger Bacon and of course your dad, a former NFL quarterback. Uh, just speak briefly about how much that might have contributed, uh, to your development as a QB, uh, and the success you had at that position at Roger Bacon. Well, um, it's in the genes, right? So, uh, so, uh, you know, there was a lot of pressure. I can tell you that. And, and, and not too many, well, not too many people knew about it. And, you know, it, it wasn't easy coming up, you know, with, uh, you know, uh, along the lines of, again, my dad being, you know, the quarterback of the Bengals and, and following the foots of him, you know, footsteps of him and my brother. But, uh, you know, I just took it in stride and, and wanted to go out there and, and, uh, you know, have success on the field as a team and, and, you know, and carve my, uh, carve my path under my name. And, uh, um, you know, I, I think I did that. And, and again, with, uh, with a great team effort, it was, it was pretty easy to do, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, they, it was not always easy, uh, you know, especially on my mom on the stands and the stands, you know, hearing all the things that were said and, and, uh, unbeknownst to me until after, you know, years, years, uh, after. But, uh, um, I think we had a pr- good, pretty good pedigree in Cincinnati and at Roger Bacon High School. Yeah, definitely. So you were, of course, a Division One recruit, uh, ultimately signing with UC. The current roster has several players who are gathering D1 offers. Uh, what can you tell me about that time at UC, and what advice might you have for these young guys as they walk the recruiting trail? Yeah, you know, Pick Cincinnati had uh, you know offers from South Carolina and Louisville, and and Pick Cincinnati uh, because it was a place close to home, and and, and really it was the uh, uh, setup for me to to go in early and and uh, you know get some experience, exposure, and and, and start right away, and. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, throughout my, you know, career there, you know, I, I broke four bones, you know, uh, my wrist, my shoulder, my hand and my thumb, uh, all within, all within that four years. So, um, you know, it was limited play there for me, uh, throughout that four year career, but I did, you know, I, it, it was, uh, now that I look back, you know, playing against the Penn States and Alabamas and Florida States, in Louisville's, um, you know, it was a good experience. And, uh, you know, back then we weren't in a conference, so, uh, we were independent. So we were playing all the big, big schools and big names. And, you know, each week it was tough, you know, to get, uh, 
mentally and physically ready for the for those battles or for those games uh week in and week out but uh now that I look back it was it was great experience great exposure and you know something I can take away and uh, and apply to the to the business world um you know as far as those that are that are currently being recruited I think uh obviously um you know the the school comes first uh and then the, the head coach comes second and and uh, I think that's that's you know, pretty valuable as far as, you know, getting that education, um, you know, and going to that good school, but also again, having the confidence, um, in your head coach and your assistant coaches that, uh, you know, that can get you to that school and, and get you on the field to play. Uh, so I, I always like to ask guys about their time as a student at Roger Bacon. Uh, it's a special place and no matter what class you were in, all the alums have a bond that lasts a lifetime and kind of connects them all the years later. Uh, what does it mean for you to be a Roger Bacon alum? Well, I think uh, just the pride, you know, the, the pride in Roger Bacon and, 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 you know, the, the values that, uh, that were set forth for us, uh, on, on the field and off the field. And, uh, you know, just the, the camaraderie and, and, and the, uh, the great teachers that I had throughout the years. And so it just, uh, you know, I, I take away again still till this day that the values and the, and the ethics and the, and the, and the, uh, um, you know, what was set for me, you know, at Roger Bacon really paved the, uh, paved the way into, you know, my adult life and, and into the business world. So, uh, uh, just a good, good educational system, uh, with great teachers. Uh, so speaking of that, you're in Texas now. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, fill the fans and uh, the alumni in on, on what you've done since you left Roger Bacon. Yeah, so I'm, you know, I'm currently in Houston. Um, but after, uh, you know, after college, I moved up to Cleveland, Ohio. And and and, and the reason I tell you that is I, I've lived in, you know, uh, northeast Ohio, where, of course, high school football is, is, is big up there in, in, in northeast Ohio and as well as, you know, I moved down to Fort Worth, the Fort Worth, Dallas area, um, you know, about 11 years ago and, and had the opportunity to live there for five or six years with, with some good football teams in, in north Texas. And now I'm in, in, in south Texas down in, uh, uh, Houston. And, uh, I tell you that because you know, I, I've seen a lot of football games and followed a lot of football teams within, you know, the Cleveland, Dallas, Fort Worth areas in Houston. And, and I can tell you this, Rob, I'm still proud to be part of that, that Cincinnati Greater Catholic League that, uh, that I played, uh, you know, in, you know, in my time at Roger Bacon. And I still think the GCL can hold its own against any of those schools in Northeast Ohio or here down in Texas. Uh, outstanding. So uh, I'm going to throw a personal note in as we wrap it up here, and that is uh, I was lucky enough to be on at least one of your teams, uh, and I talked to a lot of guys who, who were on teams with you, uh, and it's no small thing when you say, hey, that's our quarterback. Uh, and speaking on behalf of several of them who I've spoken to, uh, the Roger Bacon Hall of Fame just isn't complete without Jeff Stofa in it. So I do hope someday that as one of the best to ever put that helmet on, uh, that gets resolved, and we see your name in there. Yeah, I think over time that'll happen, and uh, you know, it's just a matter of getting my schedule straight and and, and making sure I can get up there, and um, you know, and and and, and be able to uh, be part of that uh, great Hall of Fame. And and I think it's just a matter of time. But uh, 
that's definitely on the radar. Well, there, there's only a couple guys in the school history that uh, when you say who's the best of all time, they rattle off, and Jeff Stofa is one of those names. So, Jeff, I want to thank you for your time today. Uh, best of luck in all your endeavors, and we hope to see you up here at Roger Bacon someday. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you, Rob. Rob Rickenbaugh's interview last week with Jeff Stofa. Rob, I know I asked you this last week. I'm going to go ahead and ask you again. Uh, your favorite Jeff Stofa story or memory? I'm going to give you the same answer. All right. Uh, which is just uh, his overall demeanor. So, you know, he played at Roger Bacon in the era of Joe Montana uh, in his kind of peak career years, uh, beating the Bengals, of course, in 82 and 89 in the Super Bowl. Uh, and Stofa was very Joe Montana-esque. He had the arm, much bigger arm than, than Joe Montana and ability to make throws all over the field, of course, to great receivers, but also kind of a insouciant quality to him that allowed him to keep everything very loose and keep those Roger Bacon teams in a lot of game and really give them the mindset they could win any game at any point because you had Jeff Stofa at quarterback. Well, I think we're close to making a decision here as far as what we're going to be doing getting back to action. The officials have gotten up off of their perch on the bench across the other side of the field and are now back into one of the corners of the end zone closest to the team's locker rooms, and they are discussing who knows what, but at least they're up and meandering around and maybe trying to decide what to do here as they walk back towards the the locker room building. Although they're, they're carrying the headsets over, so I don't know if that's to get them out of... Uh, well, now they walked around to the other side of the building. They may be going home. They may have just thrown their hands up and said, well, this thing is over, let's let's go home. But we have not heard about what is happening as of yet. The, the storm system that's coming in from the southwest is a slow-moving storm system. It appears that it's probably not even going to be over us until about 10 o'clock tonight, which is an hour or so from now. And, 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 you know, Dateline comes on at 9, so at least one of those refs might have had uh, hot plans with uh, Lester Holt. I've got Bill Maher on at 10. so Bill Maher, yeah, real yeah, time. It's yeah. on my DVR. <laughs> but uh, 27 to nothing is the score here at the half, and that's when we ran into the lightning delay. Um, a lot of people have left. The officials, now I see them walking down towards the parking lot, Rob. I'm... I'm almost convinced that maybe this game has been called. Uh, maybe it has. It looks like the Roger Bacon coaching staff moving equipment, water bottles, headsets towards the bus uh, or towards the locker room, bus right by the locker room. Uh, but unusual when there's not really inclement weather out that you would do that unless there's probably a high likelihood the game gets called. Well, you know, I doubt seriously we're going to sit around here till midnight, although, I, as I said, I've done that before, but... I would see no reason why the officials would have to move all the way down. It's almost near where we were. We were parked, Rob, and uh, making their way out of the stadium. Yep, uh, hitting the price hill chili, maybe. Hey, uh, have a little bite to eat, and uh, looks like you know calling the game because uh, Roger Bacon coaching staff packing things up. Yeah, I I think something has been decided. It just hasn't been announced up here as of yet. And the way the way this has happened, I'm almost convinced that this game has been called, or they may move it to tomorrow afternoon. Fans uh, rolling out of here too after uh, Coach Sunderman came over and talked to uh, 
Well, let's see. We're trying now. Now, now the wind is kind of picking up a little bit more. Now the storm may be coming in here now, and that's going to get people broad heading towards the. Wow, this is uh, fans are starting to head towards the their cars. It has not been called as of yet. It has not been called as of yet, so we don't know what it is. Tell you what, what we're going to do, Rob, is we are going to go ahead and call it a night. It's hard to tell when this game is actually going to get back underway or even if it will get back underway. Keep an eye on the Ultimate Sports Talk website, and we'll let you know what is going to happen with this game, but... I doubt seriously at this point in time whether or not we get back underway tonight. It doesn't appear so, especially with the weather picking up now. Delay that could be quite significant uh, and high likelihood that if we continue, it's either late at night or they call this game and resume uh, another time if they decide to resume it. Well, Rob, that means next week we will be back on the air at 6 o'clock. And that will be, of course, at Huron. And that should be a very interesting game. Like you said, they they probably have never seen anybody of the caliber of Corey Kiner yet. Uh, according to some of the coaches, it's going to be interesting to see just how Roger Bacon reacts to playing a very good football team that can throw the ball. Yeah, I, I think actually tonight's a great warm-up for what they're probably going to see against Huron. This is a very athletic. I was impressed with Western Hills tonight. Very athletic, very fast, very aggressive defense. Missed some assignments a couple times, but really gave Bacon a lot of problems. This 27 to nothing score is really not indicative of how tight that first half was. So, the way it sits right now, it is 27 to nothing. It's a halftime score, but everybody seems to be packing up and going home, so we will also. Rob, thanks a lot for joining us here tonight. Thank you, Dave. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week up at Huron. That's going to do it for us tonight. Our thanks to everyone here at Western Hills for being so accommodating to us. Also, our thanks to the Roger Bacon Stat Crew for helping us out here this evening. Our thanks to Mike Blout for being such a gentleman, and of course to all the people that we talked to this week. But Our thanks to all the sponsors, but most of all our thanks to you for listening here this evening. For Rob Rickenbaugh, I'm Dave Mitchell. Once again, your halftime score, and probably what I'm going to say is your final score tonight, Roger Bacon 27 and Western Hills nothing. Until tomorrow night when we'll be on the air with Mount St. Joseph football at 6 and then next Friday night at 7 o'clock from here on. Have a good night, everybody. The game is over, but this time, instead of asking how many goals did you score or what were your stats, try asking these questions. Were you a good teammate? Were you coachable? Did you give 100% and did you have fun? Because those are the values that school sports instill in Ohio's young people. Where winning and losing are secondary to the life lessons that will stay with kids long after their playing days are over. This is the Ohio High School Athletic Association. Educate through sports. You've been listening to an UltimateSportsTalk.com presentation of Roger Bacon Spartans High School football. This game has been brought to you by Jake Sweeney Chevrolet, The Game on Sports Bar, Transform You Fitness, Eric Geiger State Farm Insurance, 
Ascent Safety Solutions, Vonderhart Catering, RJL Insurance, Stacy Heating and Cooling, Edno and McLeod Attorneys, The Substation 2 in Florence, The Lucky Turtle, T-Spot Window Tint and Audio, Pioneer Auto Service, Jason Regelsberger State Farm Insurance, Borgman Athletics, and Sunday's Pub. Join us next time for Roger Bacon Spartans High School Football. This has been an UltimateSportsTalk.com internet radio presentation.